There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And then there's, oh, there he is. How's it going? Well, it's about time, eh? How's it going? <laughs> How's it going? How's it going? And the poll, copy this link, copy link. Oh, I can't read the poll in um, tweet, tweet, whatever. No, you got to use the native client, or not the native client, the Twitter, official or, Twitter or app. the webby. Or the web. Twitter webby, the web, web tweety thing. It's time to switch over to the official client <laughs> or just live with a world of hurt. Well, no, I mean, tw- tweet, tweet, what is it, tweet? Um, Tweetbot. Tweetbot is, um, see, I wonder if people tweet, cheated on this poll now, because it wasn't this, this heavily weighted on the XS, or the XS, I should say. Um, <clears throat> when I ask people to guess what their the name would be, nobody guessed eleven. Well, we'll talk about it on the show. Um, hmm. All right, I got two uh, two postings here from Apple about the uh, event as well. Did you guys try the that uh, tweet where you or if you if you hearted the tweet, it would uh, Apple would automatically send you tweets? <laughs> no, I did not do that. I've seen other people. Do no, it. I didn't. You? Oh, you didn't see it? Oh, okay. No, I saw that they were oh, live streaming, but I didn't see the heart thing. Yeah, let me let me copy. Have you ever seen Apple's Twitter account? Time it's like really weird. Like they have no tweets if you look at it. Yeah, oh, it's, really? it's very strange. They definitely got some sort of special love and attention from Twitter. Uh, no, I heard mm-hmm. what they're doing is they like promote their tweets only to their followers or something like that i guess not everyone can do this maybe but that's the way that they do it anyway it's weird like they don't want to keep a history or something but they're very uh very secretive yeah i think i think apple must have realized that mark wasn't going to be on the show this week so they came up with a special tweet is it just me or does does the picture of the iphone 10 or the iphone yeah the new iphone 10s does it not look like the the battery's exploding (laughs) yeah it looks more curved yeah it's more curvy than usual swollen mm. well it's like you know they they sort of they always sort of say don't take photos that look like you know with how things coming up people's tops of people's heads and stuff like that it's mm. kind of like one of those bad photos and, and they, they obviously intentionally did this right maybe they wanted oh, to emphasize the craziness. curviness or something i'm not sure but it's the same shape as I the iphone 10 right yeah it's kind of like the the side of jupiter or something like that the image right but it may but the way they have it laying flat like that it looks like it's like the screen is bulging, you know. Yeah, bad, yeah. It's bad, bad design choice, in my opinion. But you know, I only have a, I only have a bachelor of fine arts. It's not like well, they're only the most right? valuable company, so yeah, surely they don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they have a trillion more reasons to have that than me, right? <laughs> uh huh. 
I was looking up um, C Spire because they showed up on one of the Apple slides on one of the um, ISPs for the phones in yeah. America. I was like, what the heck is C Spire? And it says, uh, Cellular South Inc. C Spire is headquartered in Ridgeland, Mississippi, is the sixth largest wireless provider. Mm-hmm. Which makes me say, really? well, who's number five? Because there, there really aren't more than four of the main ones. There's, and you get all the cheapo, you well, know. Well, there's U.S., U.S. Uh, what's it called? PC Cellular, U.S. Cellular or something like that? Uh, they have a store right near me. Um, well, who are the big ones? AT&T, mm-hmm. Verizon, T-Mobile? Verizon. And yeah. There's that. Metro PCS is still around. That's what I'm thinking of, maybe. Yeah. You, then you end up having, like, the small tiers of like oh yeah sprint yeah i know sprint because sprint has some deal with pokemon go and they're like a special pokestop every sprint store kind of like or yeah i think it's sprint or maybe it's metro p i don't know some of those number four number five cell provider has some deal with pokemon go kind of like starbucks does i'm back on pokemon go by the way so that's exciting so this this, we'll come back to that in a second but so these cell people are people you've never heard of jaime in the states yeah because you you have the the premium top tier ones and, and when i say that it's very very clear that AT&T and Verizon are the top two fighting for most of the pie and sad old T-Mobile and Sprint are trying to merge together so they can become a decent competitor to the other two. T-Mobile is not so sad. I object to that. (laughs) I'm a T-Mobile customer, of course. They do good stuff. They they definitely do good stuff. But I mean, there's a big reason why they're not just letting Sprint die on the vine um, when they could just let it die on the vine and then try to bid for the the spectrum. Hmm. Like it's hugely risky to, um, you know, for antitrust reasons as they're running into to try to merge when it'd be better to like just let the competitor die and then you know get the assets it's interesting some of the some of the regional decisions in the release today like um i'll say it now because we don't say it later but the um the dual sim on the on the phones mm. only available on bell in canada hey i've got that in, in the notes yeah oh do you we'll oh, say okay. that later cool. yeah okay. yeah we'll, we'll, we'll definitely talk about that because that whole e-sim versus dual physical sim mm. is something i well, like to see more people talk about but there's like eSIM and then there's there's eSIM and, and a SIM SIM and then there's the dual SIMs for China, right? Mm. Yeah. So no, I think it's dual eSIM. It's not like one eSIM and one regular SIM. No, I thought there was the third second option for people who can't have like like Rogers customers who can't have their cake and eat it too, right? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I just we did notice was, that in the room uh, when we were when we were watching the show today. So um, episode one two twelve two twelve two twelve twenty one two. It's not twenty one twelve. It's twenty one two. It's two twelve. That's the boiling point, isn't it? Is it? Uh, Jaime can tell me. Yes, isn't it? Two twelve. Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. Jaime. Hey, yes? Fahrenheit boy. I think it is two twelve. I'd have to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I just looked it up. That is indeed the boiling point. So, see, I learned my well, Fahrenheit. See, oh, so I'm, it, it I'm have, it have its, uh, So there, there's a title for the show: the boiling point. Mm. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> we missed the opportunity on episode one hundred, of course, right? Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> Greg started in the rest like, of the world, not in the United States. States, of course. So now that we know that we've established that 212 degrees Fahrenheit is the boiling point of water, wouldn't it be a really good idea to peg our normal air temperature on Earth system on that and say, that's the cap, that's like 100, and then go down <laughs> Wait, to the freezing what? point? You know, we like, make that zero, you mean? Is where you're going with this? Yeah. <laughs> what if we did that? Now, how much would you pay? 
<laughs> You'd have to change all your street signs, though. I mean, that's that's the big cost, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the big, and change your rulers. You have to get rid of all those imperial rulers that you guys carry around. That's and true. Stuff. That's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. Well, I actually got to reuse a ruler today because because uh, we we're, we're I was trying to tell one of the guys he's in his thirties about. I was telling him that that you know from the tip of your finger to your elbow is is generally for most people it's eighteen inches, and that the if you hold if you look at the notch the, the first knuckle of your thumb to the tip of your thumb, not including the nail, that's an inch and a half. Or right? what? And of course, the your, tip foot, of your, your foot. Tip is of your foot. finger to to your elbow. On on your on your yeah. If you if you hold your hand up flat, uh-huh. right, straight up, right, from the tip of, from the top of your finger to your elbow, yeah. that's generally speaking eighteen inches for most people. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. The average the average human, not 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 perhaps you, Greg, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and but if but if but if you look at if you if you fold your thumb over like in your hand and you look at from the knuckle the knuckle the first knuckle of your thumb to the tip of your thumb that's around an inch and a half for most people as well. Like because all these measurements were actually came from the human body initially, right? Yeah, they used to have L's like, for an elbow, which we they don't use anymore. Which I think was like no, eighteen I don't know inches. What they, I, well, they, and they used to measure they measure um, I think they measure horses in hands, hmm. stacked hands, like you know you flat hand and you and you basically hand over hand until you get to the shoulder height of a horse. That's how you measure the height of a horse. I mean, we have feet, which is I'm imagining came from feet, right? Yeah. And a stride is generally a yard. Like if, when you walk, that you generally you're generally you're, you're generally like nor in a normal gait, you, you you tend to, to walk in yards, right? Mm. So if you want to ever measure anything, just walk across the room and count the number of steps, and that's, you know, three yards or ten yards or whatever, right? That's where all these measurements came from initially. That's your science lesson for the day, folks. Measurement hacks. I, I would not call it science, but yes, measurement hacks. <laughs> yeah. Well, measurement hacks. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Measurement hacks, exactly. Well, and then, generally speaking, like, you're, if you open your, if you spread your arms from the tip of your fingers on either side, is generally the same, reasonably within reason, the same height as your as your body, mm. like your body height from your head to your toe. So that's why Da Vinci drew that guy with his arms outstretched and his feet separated and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all based on proportions. That's I mean, when you're learning art and stuff like that, and you're learning how to draw people. Let's use that sort of scale as well to draw people. Anyway, enough about that. All right, so episode uh, two twelve, the boiling point, the boiling point. So hey everybody, welcome to episode two twelve of the. Mo- See, I, w- I want to just say one thing to it. I kept looking at this number going. It reminds me of twenty one twelve. I keep wanting to say twenty one twelve, but it's not twenty one twelve. It's twenty one two. Right. I guess I've never <laughs> it's thought like about a rush saying reference. a number like Come that. Come on, you know it's like twenty one. We're yeah. never going to get to tw- episode twenty one. Well, we might get to episode twenty one twelve. It might take us a few years, but yeah. Life extension. Cool. That's a thing that could happen. What's that? Life extension. You know, we could we could be the first generation of people to live forever. That's true. That's true. That's true. Mm. Notwithstanding, you know, medical science and stuff, Greg. Um, I mean, so it's I only thirty-eight more years. If I did this correctly, really? Wait, yeah. did I do the math right? What's thirty-eight, 38 more years? years? The chances Let's of see. me living thirty-eight more years. Well, actually, it's pretty good. Actually, you know, my mom just turned ninety, so it's possible. Say twenty-one twelve. Right? Okay, minus two hundred and twelve. Okay, and what did I divide what? by? Uh, Fifty episodes, because we usually skip one or two for the holidays. Mm-hmm. Is that how we do it? 38 years, if I did that right correctly. 38 years. 38 okay. years of podcasting? To hit episode 2112 is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Let's, let's forget this for now. Go back to the board. 
So hey everybody, welcome to episode 212 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitrano, and I'm still in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Jaime Lippis Jr. in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? We also have Greg Hio on the line from San Francisco, California. Hello. All righty then. So, what's going on? What's happening? What's shaking? We have a little Ask MTJC, I think, don't we, Tim? Yeah, we have a couple, actually, yeah. So, we normally ask Jaime for the Ask MTJCs, though. That's that's his thing. I know, but, you know, well, I'm mixing it up here. I'm asking you instead. Oh, okay. Well, they were both for me, actually, so I guess we'll just dig in. Um, <laughs> so, I'm just waiting for my... Yeah, so, I, I discovered I was doing some some uh, reading the other day on trying to find... I was trying to find out what the name of that little... Um, it's actually... I, all I can find is back-to-back to app or back to app, you know the little the little thing that appears in the header when you when you navigate from one app to another, and you have that little button that you can go back to the previous app. Mm. I was trying to find the name of that, and so I was actually looking through the manuals, or I, can't, I forget what I was. Oh no, I was reading in the the um, uh, designing for iPhone 10 uh, document, which an argument came up yesterday in, in our um, our iOS forum, and I discovered that the notch area actually has a name. It's actually the sensor housing, mm. and I, I believe they mentioned the sensor housing today on the on the uh, the big event as well, right? With all the little thingies that are in there. But that's what the Notch's official name is, the, the um, sensor housing. And I posted that to an Ask MTJC myself, so we could t- talk about it today. And second one, again from me, how about that? Um, oh, so I was I was basically putting out, uh, based on some of our, our um, guesses of what the name of the phone would be, and of course I, I set it up, I didn't set it up full 24 hours before the announcement, so I think some people got some late votes in. I, can, I don't know if I can go back in and retabulate this and see who voted. I guess you can, right? Um, or see how many votes you had, right? I don't think uh, you can so go back asked, in time, no. You can just see the totals now. But you, you, but I can see the total counts or I can see the percentages? Uh, you can, um, well, they're kind oh, of the no, same 20, thing. 21 votes. Okay, so I got 21 votes here. But but when I looked at it before, just before the announcement, I don't think it was a runaway on what the actual name ended up being. So I asked earlier today whether people thought the iPhone 11 or iPhone XI would be the uh, name of the phone or whether it would, in fact, be the iPhone XS. Because before, you know, as of until the, the, the spoiler this morning uh, that was put up by TechCrunch about the actual names would be, yesterday there was some discussion, or I guess Mark Gurman and a few other people had guessed that it was going to be something other than uh, XS, right? Um, that, of course, got the most votes. The other one I wanted to have was, was you know, naming, in the same way they named the first Mac, um, they had the first Mac Plus, and then they had the SE, which was the, I don't know if it was special edition or whatever they stand for. So I thought I wanted, I wanted to have SE10, or which would be spelled out SEX, but that would have been fun. Uh, or the iPhone 9, which technically it is, right? The iPhone 9. So, But as we know, it went, they went with XS today. So, Did you guys vote on this, by the way? I, I voted for 10S. yes. I also voted, voted for, for 10S. And normally this is the time I would say that uh, Greg is shaking his fist mightily at the podcast, but he's on this podcast. So, so we could say <laughs> I'm still shaking my fist. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Just live, not after. That's all. That's the difference. Yeah. We had a great burn in our iOS form today because because uh, one of the guys sort of, one of the, the other developers was talking about the iPhone X and blah, 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 blah. And, and uh, another developer said, well, I don't know about the iPhone 
an X, but on the iPhone 10, this is how we deal with it, right? <laughs> so, great burn. Uh, you got to be open to different pronunciations. That's what I tell people. That's true. Well, you, are you reading it phonetically or are you reading it like, you know, n- numerically? I was going to say, are you reading it phonetically or are you reading it the correct way? But that would be a little... <laughs> <laughs> the correct way. Uh, yeah. That's well, I tell like, people. We were discussing, I think we were discussing on uh, the, the ridiculousness of our of this naming on our on our Slack channel yesterday. And uh, I think, was was it me that said um, that it's just it, like giving it these goofy names is just as bad as calling something the new iPad? <laughs> yeah, that lasted you know? all of like six months, I think, when Apple well, tried yeah, that. Well, yeah, but I used to get into, not quite fisticuffs, but you know, p- uh, you know how people are upset about people saying OS X or, or you know, Mac OS X yeah. kind of thing, right? Um, people used to get upset with me about the fact that I would call the iPad 3 because it was the third generation iPad, which mm-hmm. is how Wikipedia has it listed, by the way. Nobody's nobody's officially ever called it the I, you know the iPad 3, but that's what it was, right? What do you, do you associate with non-technical people? That's a horrible question, isn't it? Do you associate with non-technical people? What do people who are not nerds call the iPhone 10? Do they say iPhone 10 or no, do they, they say iPhone a lot, X? Of, look, a lot of our, our, our design folks, they, they call it X a lot. In fact, I had to put on my signature of my email that it was it was basically the 10th anniversary phone, and therefore it was iPhone 10. But When you say design, you mean like iOS, like app design? Yeah, app design. That's, that's too nerdy. I mean like, like Carol or, you know, like oh, my yeah, parents or like my sister. Like, what do like normal people, do they say 10 or I think, do they I think say people X? Would call it, people would tend to call it the X because, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, like we've had, I've had, I think, I would think the majority of like, I mean, admittedly, most of the people who I work with at work are mobile, are in the mobile sphere, but they're not all technical yeah. per se, right? Yeah. Like but I mean, are, they're within that world analysts. and they might watch the keynote and they, they listen to, you know, you all talk about it and, you know, most yeah. of you are probably saying 10. So I'm just curious. Well, they probably get tired uh, of me correcting them. So they just start calling an iPhone 10 after a while, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, anyway, but yeah, so so um but I think that I think a lot of people I think the the majority of people I would think would call it what it what it says, you know, on on X. paper would be X. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think that's quite a lot of and it's funny I you know, you kind of I kind of wait for people on Apple announcements to 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 flub it and say it incorrectly, but they they don't tend to do that either, so. They're very well rehearsed, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I wonder if they if they were doing yeah XC was what it was, sorry 10C was what people were were purporting it was going to be called yeah the cheap one yeah. I thought would be 10C that came up in our Slack for sure yeah because they had done the 5C before as the sort of I heard somebody say pronounce it like XS as in mm. EX EXC yeah I feel like right? that's how normal people are going to pronounce it it's going to be a big joke like oh it's you know a thousand dollars or the next or whatever so yeah but it was even even interesting to note that I don't know if you if you noticed this at all but I did is that the R is a capitalized R on the name I of the I believe it is phone. inconsistent though in other places I saw another tweet saying like I wish Apple would be consistent like in different places they use different capitalization Apple? Yeah really? I'll, I'll I'll find the tweet Well cuz I cuz cuz in the in the iconography it's like a it's like a bordered R right and the bordered S right Yeah in, this is like in, the first time the... we've had to really tell the difference if you remember when they came out with the iPhone 5S I want to say is when they started uh lower casing the s as opposed to the iphone 4s which was a capital s and they did the little like trick there too of like let's put this s in a smaller box but with an s you really can't tell unless you know the specific font um is that a capital s or is that a lowercase s and with the 10r you're right they show in the little box a capital r but yeah just about everywhere i've seen that actually spells it out that is from an apple source seems to be and in this case i'm going to choose the closed captioning of the event they very consistently lower 
lowercase that R. So capital in the close capital caption X, or on the slides? Lowercase R. The slides, I don't think they ever wrote out the name. With, if, they, if they showed the name, they definitely showed it with the little box. As you were talking about this, I was just thinking to myself that the reason why they use a square or with rounded corner box for the R is, if, you know, think of the registered trademark symbol, which is a circle with a capital R in it, right? So that's going to even further confuse this whole branding thing going forward. I mean, I guess they have a trillion dollars. They can do whatever they want, right? I just posted the tweet. <laughs> it's from uh, Jake Marsh. Okay. I thought we used to work at, worked, maybe he used to work at Apple, but I thought he was an Apple person. Um, yeah. And he had mentioned X, small S, big S, small R. I don't see the small R though, but he mentioned small R, big R inside oh, yeah, a box yeah. or not. So he's got a few screenshots. Anyway, I posted the tweet in there. You can have a look. Well, this is, so this is, this. I wonder if this screen is from, where is the screen from? This this XSXR. This is looks like something from uh, like a Looks like the shopping page or maybe like the iPhone. I don't know. Maybe oh, maybe, yeah. Page. I was looking at pricing earlier. Yeah, and you see, the yeah, there's a rounded box with the S in the middle of it, right? So yeah. so is there a character in the in on the keyboard that has that S on it and that R? Uh, apparently, I saw another tweet that said there was some way to get letters in rounded recs some way on the Mac. I'll have to yeah. find that one too. Um, but I saw there's some way to do it. So in the third page, third image here in that, in that tweet, he's got the, the page from the iPhone which compares comparing models. Mm-hmm. And it's X, X, capital, capital X, capital S. Yeah. And then capital X, capital R. So, which is even going to further confuse people now that we're coming back to what we were originally talking about when, in terms of what people would call it. Because it's the letter X and the letter S, right? People are, people are not going to go, okay, wait a minute. It's like, you know, I was just thinking too about if they use the letter L or letter C. They couldn't use a C because C is 100 in Roman numerals, right? Um, and they couldn't use L because L is 50 in Roman numerals. Well, I mean, I don't think they really care about yeah, that, so, to be honest. Well, the, yeah, but, but the yeah. iPhone XL instead of Max, right? Yeah. Right? Right? You know, S doesn't S doesn't have a Roman numeral equivalent. And I don't know about I'm R. I'm sure it does. I'm sure S is like, you know, 400 or something like that. I, don't I think R is king in, in, the, in Roman nomenclature or queen, Regina, right? It's Latin. Let's go back to Latin again. Mm. Oh, it could be Rex as well then. Yeah, king or queen. Yeah. Um, oh, that's true. Rex or, Rex or Regina, right? So looking at the document title as I'm looking at the store, uh, it looks like they capitalized the S and the R, right. um, which is terribly confusing. I wonder if that's just because they had no choice since they could, probably couldn't compatibly put the tiny little R that's capitalized in your you know, like Chrome tab and your Microsoft Internet Explorer tab and all these other things. You can bet that they argued about this particular you know, decision, whether it was capital S or capital R, for about a month <laughs> at Apple. Definitely gone back and be- forth on it. But I feel like people are remembering the 4S and the 5S and the 6S and they'll say 10S. If they say 10, 10S doesn't sound so out there. I don't know. Well, it's like tennis. T-E-N-N-I-S. Well, that's the official emoji is the tennis ball, I think, or the tennis racket. Is it? What? Well, I'm just, I'm sorry. Official, I should put in quotes. That's like the official joke emoji for the new phone. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah, that's a good good point. We'll just call it, use the tennis ball. Perfect. Some some slight real-time follow-up is the uh, letters for numbers and uh, not the Romans, but in the Middle Ages, people started using S for septum which is seven. Oh, really? so okay. not totally not official use or anything like that or i don't know official who makes who, who there's no regulation for this kind the of romans thing, but, the romans did it well the man. romans never did they it but in the middle from the greeks but they did it you in know? the middle ages people started using s for seven so it could be like xs is like 17 actually and so i wonder how did the greeks count <laughs> i think they also had uh, each letter all the ancient alphabets i think have that like the hebrew alphabet and the greek alphabet like every letter has a number associated with it yeah and do you know which which society 
society invented zero? I think it was the... Um, it's from the Hindus, isn't it? Yeah, India. From yeah. India? Uh, I shouldn't say Hindus. Yeah. Uh, India, though, yeah. India, yeah. They, they had no concept of zero until the Indians came along and broke math. All right. Okay, so um, follow-up-wise, um, what do we have in follow-up here? Let's have a look. Another tweet. Oh, this is me. No, I... <laughs> wait, yeah. No, so this is... This is uh, it wasn't really follow-up. Okay, we'll, we'll backtrack on that one. But I, I did post that, that link we were talking about just before the show started, but we'll come back to that. Or should we talk about it now? Uh, I don't know what it is. Let's just talk about it So, now. okay, if you click on the link that I've got here in, in the follow-up, the first one is... So, we were talking before the show. I asked if the, the two, these two people here, Greg and, and Jaime, if they had seen the tweet that came out yesterday, and or I don't know if yesterday or whatever, but if you liked the tweet, they would then add you to a list, magically add you to a list, that would then they would send you announcements regarding the, the, the today's announcement, like when it was going to be on and so on and so forth. So, after the event was over, I got a tweet that I've, I've linked in here that said the all-new iPhone 10s and 10s Max and 10SR and Apple Watch Series 4 are here and then, you know, p- uh, hashtag Apple event. And there's a, there's a minute, there's a sort of um, 180-second long video which goes through all everything they announced today. Sort of, sort of I guess, scooping, who was it used to do the uh, the, the keynote in, in one minute or whatever kind of thing, right? So they basically go through all of the features of, I'm watching it here as it's going by here on my screen, but, you know, the the liquid retina and the, you know, the single lens and the depth control and the, you know, the adjustable F-stop and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, in this little video, if you, if you, I don't know if you guys are watching it right now or not. It's got some very loud music to it, so I'm watching it on mute. Yeah, I watched it on mute too. So it's, it's basically uh, like, it's basically the keynote in 180 seconds, which is, what is that? Minute and a half? Two minutes? How long is that? Uh, Two it looks minutes? shorter than that. It looks like a minute 48, which is only 108 seconds. Yeah, 100, oh, 108 seconds is what it was. Yeah, sorry. Did I said 180? Sorry. My bad. Can't read. <laughs> Reading is fundamental. Yeah, anyway, so that's that was sort of, I stuck that in, full, in follow-up, which is kind of cool. But yeah, but so uh, and there was a bit of discussion about that yesterday because, like, and you were just saying, Greg, that Apple's account actually doesn't show tweets that they've sent out, right? Mm. But they were able to send this to me directly, or they were able to. What is that called when you when you at somebody? They added me, you know, yeah. direct. And that's not a direct message, but they added me with this thing. And um, so what's interesting though is like, what kind of mojo are they using with Twitter, where if you heart their um, their tweet, not, they add you to a list of people who who they can then at. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I, there's this article that I read about how they do it, and I believe that is what's going on. They um, custom market, you know, you can like buy Twitter um, views, you can like promote your tweet. So they have some way to promote a tweet to just one person or something like that. Oh, okay, cool. So I believe that's nice. what it is. So no, Apple's um, not going to pester me, and I don't know how. Oh, no, I think you can reply stop or something like that, and they'll stop. I'll have to look about. I'll have to go back and look at the tweet from yesterday. But I've got no, an article. I'll post a link here about it. It says uh, something's very something about Apple's new Twitter account is very strange, but they have solved the mystery, and that's what it is. They call it a dark yeah. tweet, so they yeah. um, market a tweet to one person. That's what's going on. I'll post a link to uh, you can read it on your uh, you know on your drive home. Yeah, and, and I probably should mention it was a friend of the show who posted it yesterday. I'm just going to see if I can scroll back and see who it was um, who you know retweeted it or whatever, or shared it with me yesterday, and that's how I managed to click on it. So it's interesting, interesting market technique, I guess, you know. But yeah, like you said, I guess Twitter will do anything for money, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh Uh-huh. Which is good, because I'm a stockholder for them, too. I was going to say, disclosure, yes, I'm also on Twitter stock, so I think it's great. (laughs) I think it's great that they're they're getting money for this, if they are getting money. So, yeah, so if Apple's paying Twitter, well, isn't there, but I'm also a stockholder on Apple, so Apple's paying Twitter to do this, so are we really making any money, Greg? 
I hope both companies will get a lift because of this, right? So they call it synergy. I that think. would that would be good. That yeah. would be good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tim, you right. want to do this the same sort of scam that investors do, VCs do, where they make sure they recycle the money. So you invest in one company and you invest in another company, and then you get company A to sell stuff to company B. It's cost you no extra money, and yet you're getting all this right. advantage from it. Yeah, it's it's uh, brown dollars, right? They call that. Yeah, I've worked for companies before where we we hire companies that we wholly owned and you know to do things for us, and yeah, it's a long sorted story. Anyway, so we have some more follow-up items here. I put in here a link uh, a couple of days ago that I found on Mobile Syrup that um, they had, we, we often talk about, you know, when we look at these the numbers, we don't often know what the actual unit sales were for things. And um, and I don't know if they mentioned, if Tim mentioned this in the beginning of the talk today, but, um, oh, I have my notes somewhere. I should go get them. But um, that the Apple Watch uh, wearables market is 4. million units show, uh, shipped. And this is as of um, the 5th of uh, September. So, uh, interesting conversation piece there. Yeah, especially since they decided to call it wearables, which doesn't really seem like as valid of a market to compare to compared to, let's say, smartwatches. Is if Xiaomi is your number two in the category and they sell like fifteen dollar fitness tracker type things, it's right, really yeah. difficult to consider those in the same category. It's it's the same kind of problem that we had, you know, early on in the smartphone era. It was like, well, okay, smartphones not even close to all cell phones. And it took a really long time for that to finally flip. I think with time, this will be more interesting as they, oh, wow, this wearables uh, thing. I mean, Apple's still doing really well, apparently, number one, um, despite it being uh, an unreasonably broadened category. Uh, I think that's pretty good for them. Remember when we said that the Apple Watch, uh, or people said that the Apple Watch, oh my gosh, it's such a failure? Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, yeah. Well, yeah, and um, but today in the, in the beginning of the announcement, uh, Tim Cook said that the Apple Watch was, was also the the best watch in general, I guess, in terms of sales, right? Yeah, so... That makes sense, but uh, I don't know if this is still the case, but, like, the Commodore 64 was the best-selling computer, which, like, that sounds crazy, but because they never made another model, it was, like, always... The, well, they, like, redid the internals or whatever, and they redid the case, but it was pretty much one computer, so I don't know if it's still, but for a very long time, maybe even still, it is the best-selling computer just because they never changed it, and it's, like, always... It was always the same model. Whereas these days, you know, like, the MacBook Pro gets a refresh and it gets a redesign, so it never you know they don't keep selling the same thing so they can't call it the most the top selling computer of all time whereas the watch i think is um getting there i don't know i forget what my point is but if you say it's the best selling watch i think it's the same thing because other companies who make watches don't like sell the same watch forever and ever they come up with a watch and the next year they make a new watch and so that's why there's no such thing as you know the best selling watch right, i think right. at least yeah just a, just to finish off on the sort of number one position or whatever um they he mentioned in the beginning of the talk that they it sold two billion ios devices does that include mm. tvos and watch and all that kind of stuff you think i would think no because they're not ios i mean it's based on ios but they oh, have separate, true, they have there, separate yeah. name maybe it includes like ipod touches though because those are ios devices but i don't yeah, think it would I, include I, watch and tv yeah, i think ipod touch is such a small insignificant part of the market you know it's mostly for iphones i would think would be the biggest seller uh for sure i mean if he had said that i don't know whatever 10 years ago maybe be like oh yeah ipod touch that's a big thing but yeah not, yeah. not anymore yeah for sure all right so um the last follow-up item we had here. Oh, so this came from Oleg Begerman. Um, he tweeted the other day that he has gone 
ahead and uh, he, he published uh, the What's New in Swift 4.2 Playground uh, a while back, I guess back in June, um, and he's he's since just gone in and updated some of the new things in it and, uh, and posted an update to it on, on GitHub. So that's just sort of an update for everybody who's following along at home or driving at home, driving along at home um, that the uh, Swift What's New in Swift 4.2 has been updated most recently. So if you're into it, it you know, again, it's a great little playground to go and see what's what's coming up in uh, 4.2 and I for and Xcode 10, which by the way, Xcode 10 went gold master today, right? So mm-hmm. it's it's legit. iOS uh, 12 also went gold master, and I and I, I managed to update my um, my phone at work, and it took like it just rebooted and and uh, I guess it just changed the, the the certificate because it didn't really download anything. Maybe it was already. Uh, I I had like a three gig download to do for mine today. Did you did you yeah. do the update since the 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 bogus? Um, yeah, absolutely. And I still have really? a giant. Maybe yours did it in the background while you weren't paying attention. Maybe. Possible? Maybe. I, I wasn't have... paying attention, so it could have been. <laughs> I don't have automatic. <laughs> I do not have automatic updates turned on, um, so I had to go in and do it. But yeah, it was a, it was a big download. Yeah, it's true. It's true. If a real time yeah, well, follow up. No, you can look at what the best selling computer is of all time. I'll put a link in the notes. Uh, no spoilers. You can click on it and see what it is. Oh, is it is it what we think it is? Yes, it is. But you know, right. it okay, lists cool. the nine best selling computers <laughs> nine oh, nine cool. times, so you can you can see all of them, not just the number one. Nice, mm. cool. Let's we'll take a look at that. All right. Yeah, so this was four point. I take it you've looked at this with four point two playground, you guys. I, I browsed through. I think it was an update. He's been. I don't think he's been updating it throughout the summer or anything. But no, he, no, he just pushed that update and he just tweeted about it the other. The other yeah, day, no, so. but I mean, maybe he's been updating it over the summer with each beta. I don't know. I looked at the very first one and then I looked at this one. Um, so I haven't been keeping up with it. Maybe he's been also been keeping up, is what I'm saying. Were there many changes this summer over the betas? Do you think? I don't think so. I think he's just running it for uh, not not just. I think he's running it to check for. A compatibility in case something does break and okay, uh, right. as the new uh, it's definitely been adding things as new you know things have been added um, yeah sure sure okay so the, the next thing i have on here and I, I have it in the main area but i'm not 100 percent sure if this we've talked about this before but um the pure european regulators have cleared apple's purchase of shazam did we talk about apple buying shazam in the past i mean maybe i feel like we talked about the fact that it would probably be used to um make siri smarter i mean they've They've got that right. relationship to do that already. You know, it says like powered by Shazam when you ask it, you know, what song is playing right now? But presumably they could get more data um, than just whatever was available through that special API. And I think that was part of what was covered here, right? This, in terms of what the investigation looked at and what does that data involve? And does it give Apple um, an undue advantage and will they be able to push out other entrances to the market? Yeah, Shazam's such a cool story. It's, I think it's like the second or third app that I put on my uh, my phone back in the day, like when I first got my phone. Um, um, yeah, it's basically identifies songs by you know a little snippet. And it only works with with recorded music; it doesn't work with live music. There was a competitive product that tried to do live music back in the day as well. But um, and actually, there's Coda, which um, by friend of the or not friend of the show, but um, Chris Lissio. Very similar kind of idea, which which analyzes the music and breaks down into its component parts. Like I said, sort of on the way to being able to do this kind of stuff. But um, Shazam is cool because it, it's you know it's just a cool tech. And I think the guy who came up with the idea, I think that he used an online database of of music to figure out what the tunes were. But it very rarely is not able to um, identify a recorded piece, right? If it's like out there in the, in the popular music world, mm-hmm. so it's kind of cool that Apple. Well, I, and I guess here they're mentioning uh, Apple's uh, competitors. 
Spotify and that's in Apple Music competitor that is um, that Shazam would be a, a kind of a interesting uh, acquisition for Apple. So apparently the Euro- European Union has cleared the way. So who knows what's going to happen in the future with Apple Music and Shazam? Hmm. Shazam for everybody. I guess they'll kill the app and you'll just have to do it through Siri. <laughs> Yeah, no. Is there Shazam on Android? I wonder. I did hmm. think it was weird that they left the app there. So maybe they were just waiting for this. Who knows? Yeah, well, the, yeah, whether they'll absorb it, you mean like and 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 turn it into like a workflow or? I think that already works. If you say "Hey," followed by Siri, and you say "What song is this?" It really already. Yeah, that already works now. But I believe that is using Shazam. I don't know though, but I had heard that that's new and that did that never worked before. But now it'll right. do that, and so you can access Shazam right from Siri. And so I said, "Oh, they added that very quickly. Why do they still have a separate app?" And so um, maybe this is why. Until the regulations were all the regulators we're all happy maybe yeah and it's and it's another cool implementation of an app too because I, I, what i like about shazam is i can actually go back to the very first song i ever scanned yeah and I like, all the way th- i like looking through the history that's kind of cool yeah seeing what see and so what why was i looking for this song you know <laughs> whatever and i don't want to say hey followed by siri what song yeah, is wanna, this one i just want to hit so maybe i could make a siri shortcut to do that now and put a link on my home screen or something like that but i kind of like having the app hopefully they'll keep it around but who knows yeah you never know yeah it, but i mean like I said, it would be disappointing to see that that one Sherlock, as it were. Right? So, mm. anyway, I guess we're at the main meat of the show here, folks. So, what happened today? Anything interesting happening today? Anybody? Bueller? Well, some I things mean, got canceled. The uh, <laughs> iPhone 10 was canceled. canceled? <laughs> iPhone 10 was canceled. That's all the rumors. That's all the rumors. Exactly. The rumors were right. Yeah, it's obsolete. You know, they got rid of it. That's what all the Android people are happy now because they got rid of the iPhone 10. Mm-hmm iPhone SE is dead. Didn't get the, <laughs> yes. didn't get any love. Yeah. Yeah. So many people Wait. on my timeline are upset about that. It's true. IPhone it has SE? been officially has been officially canceled, Tim. Yeah. Well, quietly, but I think there was a press release or something like that. Really? Hmm. That little tiny four-inch screen? I just found mine, too, so I have it here right next to me. Very good size. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forget you're one of those people that has one of those things. <laughs> the new MTJ stickers are wider than the iPhone SE. No way. <laughs> yeah, oh, that makes man, sense. that's horrible. Yeah. The new MTJC stickers are the same width as my Plus phone. That's how big the stickers are. <laughs> that's true. Look, so, so they kept the iPhone 7, the iPhone 8. and Yeah, so anyway, we're, we're beating around the bush here. But yeah, so the weird. big announcement today was that... Uh, at the Apple Steve Jobs Theater at the new Apple campus. And um, so they rolled out, they announced a few things. First of all, Tim Cook came out and said that, you know, 2 billion iOS devices have been shipped. Yay! And then, uh, uh, by the way, just side note here, do you not find the the cheering and the groaning or whatever that people do in the audience a little too much sometimes? The clapping is a little much. Yeah. But even worse is when the guy was up there talking about the watch and he was, like, pausing for a applause and nobody clapped that's, that's really it's even worse, <laughs> even worse that. i don't know jaime did you notice that i think there was one point in particular i forgot what he was talking about something about the watch some feature he had like three screenshots up there and there was like a pause and quiet and then he continued but i think i think he was waiting for applause <laughs> really? ring a bell? Wow. i, I didn't notice that saying? i want to rewatch it and and see now because i mean okay. apple will have uh the media there and the media is like oh it's like oh i don't know i want to be cheerleaders like whatever you know you need access you're going to cheerlead yeah. just like everybody else but if you try to hold back a little bit i thought that's why apple usually plants apple employees in there who should have been <laughs> instructed oh, at I least like it. five okay. of them like please clap at everything 
Really? Yeah, yeah just okay. to avoid well, the situation Greg's talking about. So, yeah, so they announced the Apple Watch Series 4, which is like, as we predict, not square as we predicted, though we were wrong about that, but uh, the wider bezel, as the rumors were saying, um, larger and thinner, actually, they were saying, too, as, as the as the Slightly thinner, go. yes. And of bigger course, in every dimension. Still, bigger width, bigger height, and heavier, but thinner. But does it still work the with dimension. the same, same bands? Same bands, they said, yes. Okay, good. I didn't, didn't hear them say that, but yeah, so... And and a lot of cool things like you know interesting new uh, uh, displays and you know I don't know if it's black ceramic and sapphire crystal back or it's an and or depending on whether you get the stainless steel. I believe model. it's and because the heart center okay. part is the glass that has oh to, stainless steel. Right, I think yeah. it has to be glass, but the back is right. ceramic. I believe for all of them. Yeah. And this is a new S4 chip, I guess. The chip that's in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So dual core, 64 bit, next generation gyroscope. Uh, it can detect when you fall. So I thought it was interesting that they had the, the graphic for fall <laughs> three different kinds of fall yeah. slips so fall, yeah. Fall, yeah so so whether you fall forward or straight down sorry straight down you fall you fall forward and then they have the gesture falling back your, your arms go up and you fall backward right yeah. so and it automatically does uh, SOS so I was thinking like if you're a gymnast or you're um, into S&M you know you may want to turn off that feature right? <laughs> well it does so. you have to be immobile after the fall for a minute before it does it so I think you'll oh, be, for you'll a be full safe. minute Okay, I believe right. it is a full minute, which is you know. But it does call out automatics. I mean, if, so you know, if you're having a you know a rousing game of I don't know what it is you play when you're you do that kind of and you have to have safe words and stuff. But um, <laughs> <laughs> if you stay oh down for a long length of time, you may have uh, visitors come and. I think it like beeps you. at you. You know, it says like, "Are you okay?" Like after the minute, it says like calling the emergency service services, and it like plays an alarm and it counts down or something like that. So hopefully yeah. you'll know this. Hopefully, if you're like truly are passed out, then you'll be they will call for help for you right. that's cool i think i think it's cool that we now have iconography for for uh, trip trip and slip <laughs> the three different kinds yeah yeah exactly and but also speaking of three things that they've added they've also got three new heart features they have the low heart rate which is cool and they have the irregular rhythm and where they've got a atrial atrial fibrillation i wrote that mm. one down afib uh, i think they called it right uh, is it afib or atrib i, I wrote oh and i wrote it down from the, the slide anyway um and those are both using an uh an op the optical sensor on the back of the watch the little green green light that lights up and but they've mm-hmm. also added now with the with the the digital crown and and you're touching it on the side the ability to do an electrocardiogram or an ecg mm-hmm. um, and all this information will be stored in your in your health app the only thing I, that i did notice being from another country than you guys are currently is that um while these are all fda approved they're not necessarily whatever canadian canada's equivalent of fda is so i wonder if these feature that particular feature will work in Canada out of the box. Mm, or if it'll have to wear off the lion's yeah. in the U.S. again. They could just say, you know, this is for entertainment purposes only, like we always say. <laughs> and this, I don't know. But I guess if it's technically, I don't think it's using, it's detecting electricity. It's not shooting electricity into you. So I believe it's just a sensor. So I think there's no reason why they can't do it. But maybe they can't say like, you know, we are your doctor. <laughs> I am Dr. Cook and uh, you should uh, go get to, you know, get a prescription. Like, I'm sure it's just for not entertainment, but higher than entertainment purposes. It's just for like informational purposes. Well, so. they did say it's the first time you get this kind of um, this kind of uh, tool mm-hmm. over the counter without you know the doctor or whatever. Like you know, two consumers. They did make a point of saying that. So yeah, and it's cool because now you, like you can share that with your doctor if you're concerned or whatever. Like you know, mm-hmm. like my I have a, fam- a history of heart disease. No problem saying that. So I mean, for me, this is a, a compelling reason to look at getting a, a the upgraded watch right 
So, um, yeah. Also, let me you, let me note that some people were wondering if this was different from an EKG. This is a discussion I had with some folks afterwards, and we looked it up, did the research. EKG is like the German version. Maybe it was invented in Germany. You know, German words all, all start with K. And so um, they call it an EKG. So you still hear people here call it an EKG, but that is the same thing as an ECG. We thought they might be different somehow. Yeah, there's, but there's also another one. There's also another one where they, they attach electrodes to your head, and it's a very similar name. Cause, um, oh, to measure like your brain waves and things? Yeah. Yeah, no, I used, oh, to have, okay. I used to have migraines when I was a kid, and, and I remember having the... It had a very similar name, like... It's like EECG or something like that. Yeah, it? I don't know. I forget what it is. But like, if, you, if, you've ever had, if you've had concussions or whatever, there's a thing they, they poke An EEG. EEG? EEG. Because uh, encephaly is the brain. Electroencephalograph. Yeah, 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 exactly. EEG. Electroencephalograph, is that what mm-hmm. it is? Yeah. Yes. Had a few of those in my time. Mm-hmm. Being a hockey goaltender and having banged my head on the ice a few times. Um, That's pretty cool. I, I, I'm I fine, to note. really. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't doubt that, Tim. I was going to note, I, I used to work for, uh, I did contract work for a company called uh, Lifeline. Uh, Phillips bought them eventually. Oh, yeah. They made those yeah. uh, I fall and I can't get up panic buttons. So they didn't detect anything. Yeah. But if you were a senior and you had this thing, it was like a ne- it came as a necklace. And eventually they made a watch version. But once you fell, you would push the button and then it would call and you had to have this unit in your house and it would like make a phone call with a speakerphone. It was kind of complicated, but that was the idea. And they were just, or may think around that time thinking about like if coming up with some kind of automated fall detection, which apparently was very difficult. This was probably like 10 years ago or something like that. And then I worked for another app. Are you guys still there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, my screen just flickered like we're crazy. We're just compelled. I worked on another app as well on contract for a motorcycle riding app. I should see if they're still around. It's called Eat Sleep Ride, if those folks are still around. Uh, you An app you turn on and you mount your phone in your motorcycle and you go and it like tracks GPS, your location, whatever. But it also had fall detection. That was like their in-app purchase, where if you fell while you were riding, it would detect it. And if you didn't hit the button within whatever, it would like contact your friends and, you know, play an alert and, you know, notify the authorities with your GPS location or something like that. And I remember that was also like very, very difficult to program that kind of thing to like detect falls accurately. So great job for Apple for doing that on such a tiny device. Again, I worked for these guys like, I don't know, five years ago or something like that. Um, I'm sure technology and machine learning and all that stuff has gotten a lot better. But nice to see these kinds of features are kind of reaching the mainstream. Yeah, I have a few motorcycle riding friends who who have mounts for their phones. So I wonder if they if they have if that in fact may be the reason why they have them, right? So mm. not only just for mapping and whatever, but or for periscoping their ride as they drive across the country. Let's say something else about that. Oh yeah, so my mother's a senior citizen, and she actually has one of those things that she wears around her neck, and you know, because you never know. And uh, but yeah, this is this is cool. This is another good um, s- selling feature for the uh, for the Apple Watch is to is to put this on your your parent who you think might fall over and um, <laughs> suffer suffer from that, right? So yeah, and that, that's something we mentioned as an idea, uh, not the fall part, but we mentioned the usage yeah, the of the Apple Watch thing, yeah. as as a you know additional device that you could put that would give you peace of mind for um, elderly independence. So you would still be able to know that they're okay and you could get them help. But we had hypothesized a lot of different ways the Apple Watch could be used. Ours was kind of focused more on, um, you know, detecting heart rate and uh, using like NFC or Bluetooth to make sure that like the device that dispenses your pills doesn't give them too much. You know, they forget that they took 
medication. So this seems like naturally in line with that hypothesis we had of like, look, people might have, um, you know, self-esteem issues wearing the very obviously medical device thing. And there's, you know, downsides to that. But the Apple Watch is like sexy and cool and it's fashionable and more and more people are wearing them. Who's to say or know that you're wearing it because, yeah, you're getting up there in age and you kind of want to live alone, but yet still be safe. So I think this is like just perfect to add that sort of capability. Yeah. And actually the heart thing we were talking about before with the low heart rate or the or the um, other thing was uh, a regular heart that will that can actually contact your significant other through the health app as well they mentioned that in in this talk so and of course it's coming out with I, apple watch sorry watch os uh, 5 and 18 hour battery life i have no idea what that means because i have an og apple watch i don't even know what 18 hours <laughs> all looks day like. battery life you called it 18 hours <laughs> 18 hours is apparently all day so. yeah the, the series 3 that i have is really good i'd never have to worry about it in terms of battery as i used to with the og um really so i can only imagine that the series 4 is even better at that and i think the series 4 watch here might have actually stolen the show i mean a lot of the other stuff we're going to talk about was leaked you know 12 days to sunday um 12 ways to sunday and it was you know it was good some of the things we're going to talk about they were nice things but i feel like i felt like there was more holy crap sort of moments from the series 4 watch demo let me do our poll of the hosts here does anybody work on a apple watch app um, not directly, but we do have one. You do have one, okay. I mean, yeah. What about you? Do you I guys do have not. one there? Oh, do you have? Does Simple have a uh, an Apple Watch app at all? Bundled no. in there somewhere? No, oh, okay. I mean we do uh, the notification based type stuff, but none of the uh, none of the actual like having a watch app itself. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah, we I, have a feature. We have a feature called Quick Balance where you can look at your quickly look at your um, your balances. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. There were a couple of um, I put a couple of links here for some videos that Apple just released. So it's almost like they did a little mini WWDC, but they didn't they call them the tech talks so there's two about the watch one is designing for apple watch series 4 and the other is developing complications for apple watch series 4 because the complications are they're like curved and they're all over the place now um i think if you have the i forget what they call the complication the one that's just basically a line of text if you have that one then that one will automatically curve because it's just it's still a line of text it's just not straight anymore but the other complications are like new shapes like trying triangular shaped or something so there's some there's a new video to help you out with that uh, we'll have the links yeah sure in the in the show notes. Okay, so nobody works on an Apple Watch app. Um, is anybody getting the Apple Watch Series 4? Mark's not here because I can't fill in my full spreadsheet, unfortunately. But who's getting the Apple Watch Series 4? I, I think I'm going to put my hand up and say I'll probably get the um, I'll probably get a aluminized, uh, probably space gray um, GPS. I don't I think cellular is just too much. But yeah, the I don't I mean I don't really need the extra thing. Uh, by the way, um, we noticed on the slide that came up today that the previous one the three I guess what, what was before three the watch the, the cellular one right only yes. works with Bell in Canada but this one works with Rogers and Bell and one other carrier I forget which one oh okay but yeah we we noticed that. Too. So yeah, I'll probably get the the GPS version. Um, yeah, and and that's five hundred nineteen dollars Canadian as opposed mm. to three ninety nine. I don't know if I'll get a Nike one though. I don't know what the difference between the Nike ones, other than the, the holes in the in the. Uh, you get the holes in the band, and maybe you get another watch face. I think a Nike watch face. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really care for that. I like, I like the, I like the uh, my my current one is is it's called Color, and uh, it's like mm. you know it has I've written MTJC in the in the, um, the the banner that's across the front of it. But I have like you know the activity, the calendar, the the temperature, and the battery life. I guess is the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I have on my my face, and I don't really change it that often. So okay, Jaime, what about you? Upgrade? Maybe. So I think per the rules of your spreadsheet, you would put me down as a no because I'm not a definite yes. <laughs> 
Um, you know I don't like the maybes. Yeah, yeah it, it, it feels so close. It looks so nice. I mean, we didn't talk about the fact that the speaker is 50% louder and they move the location of the microphone so that you'll sound less tinny. Um, that sounds really nice because I do use the you know, the watch calling capability quite a bit. Um, the other things seem really cool. Uh, gosh, it's just really so hard to say that I will be there on, uh, mm. on day one. Um, I feel like I'm very likely to end up getting one, maybe around the holidays. Mm. Uh, should it be available? But I, at this moment, I would say put me down as a no. Okay. Yeah, I've definitely the heart features for me are, are, are a big seller as well. So what about you, Greg? I have a Series Zero watch that I don't use. Uh, once in a while, if I'm going for a run, then I will wear the... Sorry, I should say every time I go on a run, which is very infrequently, I um, charge up the watch and I use it just so I can like track stuff. Just because I feel like, you know, if you didn't track it, then did you really go for a run? So I do that. Uh, but I'm thinking about it. I'm I've, According to my own strict rules, I'd have to say no, but I'm also a maybe. I'm like, maybe I should get back into the watch ecosystem. I like the look of the watch. They're a little bit thinner. I didn't like how it was like too chunky and it was just really thick. It's not that much thinner. It's like half a millimeter thinner or whatever. Right, but yeah. they have so many more features and I do like the idea of tracking health-related things a little bit better. So I'm, yeah, I'm a maybe, which is officially a no. I'm not going to get one on day one, but maybe I will get one in the next few months. So I'm thinking about coming back to the watch ecosystem. Yeah, for me, like I, I never really was a big watch. I mean, I was disappointed by the watch OS when it first came out, you know, because mm-hmm. we were all talking about, you know, building uh, something for the watch, you know, yeah. Pi Day Countdown or something, right? And I was very disappointed by the performance of, of watch, the very first watch OS, and, and, and the implementation was kind of clunky as well, right? Um, yeah, I feel but, like going from a Series 0 to a Series, even like, I heard Series 2 was good and Series 3 was like fantastic yeah. from what I hear. So I feel like going from 0 to 4, I'm going to be like amazed. Well, so, and for me, I wear my watch every day because, you know, I, I, you know I, I'm, I'm on the streetcar in the morning. I want to see what time it is. I'm, I'm using it to, to see what I'm, what's playing on my on my music device if I'm listening to a podcast or whatever. I use it during the day for notifications, and I use it for Apple Pay constantly, right? So I, everything I buy, I use Apple Pay if I can, right? Um, so yeah, for me, it, 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 you know, since I use it every day, it's, it now makes a reason for me to, to definitely get a get an upgrade. But uh, I'm glad this is. I think this is the first sort of one that I've, I've really thought, okay, I'll get this one because even last year's one, I was still I was I was a, a closer to no than maybe, right? So get on, get on Apple. You know, you talked about the Nike Fit one. Don't forget that the band has the reflective material in it, so you'll be even safer at night. That's true. Yes, with a mark and the dog. That's right. And, and there are but, but new Hermes bands that will almost certainly be knocked off on Amazon within a month or two. So I look forward <laughs> to buying some of those for $30. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Hmm, more reasons. I haven't tried the nylon band, so like, or the nylon um, band. I still use the Fleur Elastomer one that I, you know, the black mm. one I got when I first I one. got but a knockoff you, nylon. I actually, I really like it. I would recommend you, it. Yeah, my, my OG is actually the, the, the developer watch because I actually won the lottery to get that watch, right? So well, I can put the blue band back on it and put it away for posterity. Back when I was, you know, a developer, we had to enter a lottery to get these things. <laughs> Greg, you might have to put a, a, a link as a shadow pick to that because I don't have a nylon one. I have uh, the fluorolastomer ones, of course. I've uh, mentioned on the show for a long time, fans, I have the knockoff Milanese loop, the black Milanese loop, the knockoff Hermes cup, whatever first year Hermes became a thing for Apple Watch, as well as a knockoff Nike Fit, the black and yellow, neon yellow, the one with the holes. Give yeah, them You can't just go to the store and buy those ones? You well, buy if the you want to pay $70, $5. but yeah, like the nylon one I got was like $10. If you just search for Apple Watch nylon band on Amazon, there's like a whole bunch of, I don't know which oh, one yeah, exactly yeah, I, I know, got, I but yeah. I got one for like $10. And it's, yeah, but the critical
physical thing, Greg, is it needs to not give me a skin rash, which I've been I've been playing <laughs> yeah. Russian roulette with these things and I've gotten lucky so far. I can recommend all the ones I have as mm, not causing okay. rashes. But it's nylon. That's like right. an inert material, isn't it? I don't know. Oh, it's probably from the uh is it from the rash? Is it from the nylon or from the uh or maybe the finish on the nylon digs into your wrist or whatever? Are you talking about the it metal? It could be very effect? scratchy too. Some people have nick I think I have a nickel mild nickel allergy as well. So maybe yeah, yeah, the, there's, um, there's those two, yeah. Maybe if the metal loops on the nylon band or nickel. Mine was fine. I I one of my old colleagues had the real nylon and we kind of put them side by side. I got the kind of grayish color and he also had the official gray and he was like, "Wow, it's like I, it's like identical." I think the weave on the nylon is like slightly tighter on the official one. Mine looks a little more um I don't have to describe it. You know what I mean? Like the weave is a little more spread out. The loops are bigger or something like that on the for the nylon thread, but otherwise they looked identical. Um, and yeah, mine was only So $10. let me ask you, Jaime, how often do you change your, your watch band? Let's see. Daily with I, your mood, right? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't try to necessarily make it match too much because uh, the gray and black bands that I have match most things. The Melilles loop will match most things because it's black. The Hermes cuff is something I wear. I want to, you know, class it up a little bit, or I want to make a statement about the watch, which is <laughs> kind of less frequent. And in summertime, I started wearing that Nike Fit one a lot because the holes were, guess what, breathable. So it felt like I was sweating less. Uh, because, or, you know, at least around my wrist uh, because of that. Now that we're getting to the colder autumn months coming up, I'll probably wait until next summer to wear that one again. Mm. Well, I used to have a mood ring, but I lost it, and I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Do people still have mood rings? Is that still a thing? <laughs> no, that was a joke. Um, all right, so what else did they announce today? Woo! They announced new phones, right? They so did. the first new phone on the docket was the iPhone X. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult, right? It's difficult to read it and not say it that way it's the iphone 10s the tennis the, 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 the tennis ring or what do you call it tennis bracelet um one i guess that'll be the next joke right mm. um so surgical stainless steel gold silver and space gray um what do we got here for 30 minutes that is 30 minutes longer battery life than the iphone oh 10. right battery life yeah yes. yeah yeah Super Retina display, 5.8 OLED screen, 458 PPI or pixels per inch. Um, Dolby Vision and uh, HDR10. Oh, that's is that in the other other size? And the other size, of course, is the 6.5 inch Super Retina, 3.3 million pixel, 458 PPI iPhone 10s Max. I believe that the features between mm -hmm. the two, the X, the X, the 10s. My screen is going all weird again. The 10. S and the 10s Max, like the features are all the same. Same camera. Right. The screen is bigger, obviously, but and the battery life is longer because it's got a bigger battery. But it's not like the iPhone 8 and the 8 Plus, which have different features. Like the camera is different. That's the case now, right? They have two sizes, but they are like identical in quotes in terms of the features. And the stereo speakers are on top and bottom now, or because because the phone I have now has the stereo speakers on the bottom. Because he was showing the the you know when you're watching a movie, you have like definitely separation in the in the stereo right and 120 hertz uh, touch sensitivity face id the new neural network as well um the a the a12 bionic with a seven we need mark for this part a seven nanometer chip that's a really small chip right that is like top of the line technology seven nanometers i don't think anybody well nobody at scale is making chips smaller than that i believe that is like state of the art which you know apple was always sort of one generation behind like intel is usually traditionally ahead maybe they're 
making, I don't know, 3D 6 nanometers or something like that. Yeah. But, the, you know, Apple's always been sort of one generation behind with their chips, but I believe, that, well, Intel hasn't sort of shrunk their process down in a really long time. So I think everyone else has just caught up. I don't think it's that Apple's doing, like, you know, really well. And so, I mean, they are, but I think Intel's right. just kind of slowed down. Um, so, so, wait, yeah, does this nanometer, does this mean this is mean this is smaller than a millimeter? Way smaller than the millimeter, really? Tim. Yes. Yeah. Well, why is the phone so big then? Who knows? <laughs> you know? They got these big. max phones now. Like, the phone's getting bigger, but the chips are getting smaller. Yeah, seven nanometer. That's like that's like a hair, right? Uh, I believe a smaller than a hair. Smaller than really? a hair. Really? Wow. With of a human hair. Let's let's let's, let's see what Google like, has where, to say. Where are they putting all these CPUs? No, a hair, yeah. Hair is... that. We're, we're talking like a thousand times smaller than that. Really? Um, so six I, core CPU. Like, how, is, how do they make it so small? Like, what? No, sorry, sorry. The, the distance between, like, lines Okay, now I'm I'm feeling better. So it's not, it's still measurable. Like you can still see it with the human eye. (laughs) Yes, yes. The chip itself you can see, but it's the features on the chip. Imagine like the transistors. This is not how it is. Imagine the transistors are seven nanometers apart. They can't make them closer than that. Right, yeah, because you start to get get down to the atomic level, which Mark's talked about many times before. Anyway, so. We are getting close, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so six core CPU, a four core GPU, and a neural engine, eight core design for that puppy as well. so, exciting, yeah. For machine learning, right? Yeah. Yeah, it lets you analyze your basketball shots for training purposes in real time. <laughs> That's true. Steve well, Nash from Canada. True, especially if you're being trained by Steve Nash, for sure. And 512 gigabytes of available memory. What? Wait, so they That's didn't crazy. go to one terabyte, huh? <laughs> Yeah, that's that crazy. was that was interesting. Um, they have the sixty-four gig at the bottom mm. for ninety-nine. Sorry, nine hundred ninety-nine dollars. Two fifty-six gigs. I didn't check the price and tops out at five hundred twelve gigs. And your baseline ten S Max, which mm-hmm. you mentioned here, is ten ninety-nine. And I did not look up the other prices. It was only a hundred dollars more for the for the um, to go from one sixty-four to one twenty-eight. I remember that only a hundred dollars more. Right, and you do have a note here, Tim, that the maxed out ten S Max is uh, fourteen forty-nine. US or about 1900-ish Canadian. Yeah, it's pretty Put close. Put the note down there. Yeah, the most expensive X10S Max you can get, which is like the price of a uh, MacBook Air, I think somebody said. Um yeah, like the cheapest Mac that you can get is less than fourteen forty nine, right? Yeah, yeah, and thirty percent faster launch as they mentioned today. Cayenne came out and she told us about that. You no, know, yeah, and a quickly quickly engines using machine learning, and we talked about photos last week. Photo categorization is being done in, in real time as well. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Prior to the show, we were talking about the eSIM and dual SIM thing. Let's let's explore that a little bit because I feel like that got kind of hand waved a little bit. So sure. So let's talk about the dual physical SIM in China, which is something I wrote down as a note. Yeah, so it's I something too. they said. Yep. Um, my understanding is it's because the Chinese government hates eSIMs for reasons that I'm sure have to do with tracking. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes but, it too easy to change your SIM. Yeah, <laughs> sure. But um, I'm a little unclear as to what the trade-off there is. Like, it, it seems weird from a manufacturing process to have a variation in your device, right? The more variations you have, the more difficult it is to do things at scale. So it either makes me ask one of two things. Either why doesn't um, every iPhone come with two physical SIMs and then maybe an optional eSIM? So like, oh, wow, three SIMs. I got three numbers. Or uh, what are the specific trade-offs for having two dual SIM trays? that have less battery? Is the haptic engine not as good? I mean, like, what, what's what's the difference there? Well, the eSIM's already in the iPad. Like, I think Mark mentioned he's got one. Like, here in Canada, 
Canada, we have to have phys- we've had physical uh, sims for all this while. But I think the iPads in the states have have e sims, right? Don't Maybe because um, the previous iPad Pro I had, where I had um, the cellular model, it uh-huh. uh, it had an e sim, uh, but it was hilarious. So I don't know what it was like in Canada, but here in the United States, the only one who would let you sort of seamlessly use the e sim the way it's intended to be, which is you don't need to you know provision a whole new physical sim and and pop out a chip and worry about losing it, especially when you yeah. change providers and stuff. Uh, you just say, hey, I want to use T-Mobile. Great. You're on T-Mobile now. Uh, we've provisioned it, you know, via software. Um, unfortunately, AT&T and Verizon at the time, don't know if it's true anymore, were like, Haha, no, you, you make it an AT&T one. Guess what? It's an AT&T one forever, which was terrible, terrible that that, that was allowed. Oh, you can never unlock it, you mean? Yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, guess what? You, you got to get Apple to uh, refurbish this thing if you want to change it to something else, which was bonkers and bananas to me. So I'm hoping that the eSIM becomes more of just a thing and I just sort of use whichever ISP I want to use. I'm, I'm sure this is why the, the big dogs on the street like AT&T and Verizon were fighting it at the time because, you know, they didn't want to be commoditized any more than they already are. Right? They would definitely want to have the, the barriers to, to you moving around and shopping and say, hey, it's like $10 cheaper this month if I go to Verizon. All right, switch to Verizon. Oh, it's $5 cheaper next month to go to T-Mobile. Okay, go to T-Mobile. So there is a, there's a, um, on the compare iPhone models page on, on the site, there it talks about the fact that there's an eSIM and a nano SIM in the dual SIM. It's not two eSIMs. So it says eSIM will be available later this year through a software update. Use of eSIM requires wireless service plan, which may include restrictions on switching service providers and roaming even mm. after contract expiration. Not all character carriers support eSIM. Use of eSIM iPhone may be disabled when purchased by some from some carriers. Your carrier details and there's a support page you can go to to read about this. And this is of course on the American site. I don't know if it would be different on the Canadian site. Yeah, so it seems like the end goal is to be like probably like the end goal is like everything will be an eSIM but it's like alright we're in this transition period where we'll have an eSIM in the device it doesn't work yet but it will whenever they update the software yeah. and we'll yep. still have a physical slot for a regular nano sim which i guess we'll all be using when we get our phones next week um so that's how they're doing the dual so it seems like oh we have two sims in there we have the e-sim which we will activate someday in the future and we have the physical sim as we've always had and uh why not we'll let them switch between the two so it seems like that's where we are right now but then in the future i imagine with e-sims you could have like five in there you could have ten in there if you wanted to um but yeah so you get one e and one physical right now interesting oh it says here nano sim it says not compatible with existing micro sims on the page as well i went to the canadian site just to see if there's any difference here but it's the same same uh, text here on the uh, canadian site so your mileage may vary folks but i'm pretty sure it will vary yeah i was pretty sure that i had written down it was it was not two e-sims it was an e-sim and a, and a i mean like you know for instance like for myself i can i can get a i can either use my Rome like home plan from from rogers and pay seven dollars a day when i come down to the states or i can go get a Rome mobility uh sim and i can stack it up with stuff and so yeah. this would allow me to have like if my e-sim worked with my rogers or bell up here in canada i could have my canadian one but when i come to the states i could use a data plan through Rome mobility or, or something yeah. like that or i feel like T-Mobile that would be the way or, to do it your home sort of home network would be the e-sim and then the physical tray with this you know nano sim card you would as you're traveling kind of swap that one in and out but your e-sim is like built in in air quotes here yeah we did uh, the same thing we went yeah. to portugal last year we, we threw uh we bought a sim and we put it in my ipad and we used that when we were wandering around you know mm. navigating and things but um, why doesn't everybody get the dual nano sim i don't know maybe it's more complex does it make the tray thicker i think it has to be a little bit maybe maybe they, well, they did say that was for china
behind the market only, though, right? Right, but like Hemi's question is like, why doesn't everybody just get a dual nano sim in there? Uh, maybe it would be too complicated because then you have an e sim and two nano sims, and it seems like they want to move people away from the physical sim. So they're like, we want as few physical things in there as possible. We have to have one because we just have to. But let's eventually move everyone to eSIM. I don't know. That would be my guess. Yeah, I mean, in the future dream would be that these eSIMs are something that you can provision with whatever provider you want. doesn't matter which phone you have. And even better would be if we could rationalize with the 5G networks coming out, if everybody could just use the same darn antenna style. So you don't have CDMA versus GSM and all these other incompatible things. Like, you should be able to buy a phone in Topeka, Kansas and use it in Zimbabwe and it should be no different. Uh, not to say that you wouldn't have to like, oh, I got a provision with my local provider or use uh, global roaming or something, but it should be physically possible to do that. Right. When they talked about AR Quick Look too, let's go back to the camera for a minute. Um, have, you guys, have you guys seen AR, uh, like an actual live demo of AR Quick Look? I have not. I think it's not. Is, is it supported in Safari already? Yeah. Like shipping so, Safari? So or do we have to wait for DXLRZ format or whatever? UDZZ. What is it again? USDZ, I think. USDZ, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that format there, like, so so at the Apple event I went to last week, you know, they went to a website and they found a product on a web page that had, had this this uh, file with that format mm-hmm. and you could you could load it up on your screen and you could see you, know, you can move you can manipulate it and move around on the screen but if you if you then took your your phone or can't like if you took the into this mode and you scan the tabletop you know or or floor or carpet or whatever in with your with your ar camera right you could then place that object on the surface and see what it looked like in your environment which is really kind of a cool demo that's what this ar quick look kind of thing is about right yeah is that ios 12 though or is that Supported on iOS, uh, iOS as part of iOS 12, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that yeah. was that so, was part of the demo that they did for us, and it was kind of because we were talking about products and how to you know use you know build apps with AR AR Kit two or whatever um, at yeah. the Apple thing as well. But but just they mentioned AR Quick Look today, and as part of this um, this new chip, the new Core ML stuff that's built into into the new phone as well, right? But that's part of yeah. um, 12. But anyway, so the camera 12, have we had a 12? We've had 12 megapixel cameras already in the iPhone 10? Yes? No? I don't I don't keep track of megapixels anymore. I don't know. No? Maybe. Okay, well. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, to, to Greg's point about it being like they're getting at the physical limits of what they could possibly do with yeah. the camera, um, you know, if you're going to have a phone of this size. And so I, I think they're leaning a whole lot more on the software tricks, right? Especially powered by that um, neural engine from the A12 Bionic where they showed. Uh, you have a note here about the, um, the camera depth slider, something that I've mm. seen. I thought it was iPhone, but apparently it was a Google Pixel, maybe the Google Pixel 2 phone that, that does something like that. The desktop is is very important. Like the the um, the I think the I wrote it down because you know, in camera if you're into cameras and I know Greg and I are um, 1.8 aperture on a wide angle lens is pretty pretty good in terms of f stop like physical lens capability. I mean their and demo two, went to 1.4, right? 2.4 on the 1.4. No, the the demo when he was doing the slider, the lowest or the openest aperture. Yeah, was 1.4, yeah. right? Well, that, that was just that was, their yeah, fake that was when he was when he was showing though, yeah. it. You could adjust the the yeah. amount of uh, but that's that's all done through again. That's done with the the um, 
the uh, machine learning language because it uses the two cameras to take the picture. Well, it uses like a whole bunch of different exposures, as he said. But you know, to do the the what do you call it, portrait mode, where you have the background out of focus, that's that's a photo that's a trickery thing. Whereas like yeah. in your SLR cameras, Greg, or the fancy camera you can't walk around with, you know, you can actually adjust the f-stop to have that really be out of focus, right? You call that computational photography, which I, you know, cringed or something a little bit, but that's the thing. But <laughs> yeah. I guess, uh, yeah, doing tricks in software is the way they do it now, especially with all the horsepower, like machine learning-ish horsepower and GPU horsepower that we have now. Sure, sure. And now with this smart smart HDR method they have, like, you know, I think when HDR first came out, we had two shots. Where you'd have one and the other, and you'd have to put them together in Photoshop. But now, with all this kind of uh, highfalutin technology, they can do it right in the app. And, you know, they get the zero shutter lag, which I don't know if you ever taken pictures with even with my iphone 10 i was like trying to take pictures of my granddaughter on a swing you know last summer and you know i would take the picture and yet i would get her in a completely different position because of the lag right mm. um, but now apparently it'll kind of anticipate i guess your your, <laughs> your ability to take the picture um so you'll get this effect of, of zero lag kind of thing mm. um and then the interframes between for for different kind of boosts and things like that right and then um longer exposure to get the depth of depth in to the shadows as well, all part of, and then a bokeh thing they talked about last time, right? Yeah. So the camera's kind of cool. I mean, I think that's that's interesting too. But even on the on the other phone, which we haven't talked about, which is the uh, the XR, the new the new lower cost thousand dollar Canadian phone. Mm. <laughs> that would be seven forty nine US. Yeah. yeah. Doing the conversion at home. Bigger seven? in between the size though. It's larger than the ten. Yeah. Ten, and mm-hmm. uh, I believe if you have like a eight or an eight plus, it's also in between the size. So it's kind of an interesting positioning. Like it's not like oh the cheap phone's the little one, or I think a lot of times with Android. Phones, the cheap one is actually the big one because they can not use the sort of precision components that are like really small or miniaturized, but they just use like the really old big battery and whatever, and they make the big phones, and those are actually cheaper. So it's an interesting positioning, I think, where they have the 10, the 10s, and the Max, and then this is like the in-between size is the um, is the cheap phone. So it's kind of interesting because for people who are like, I don't know if I want the big one or the small one, I'll split the difference, and that's sort of the. Uh, the casual phone, if, if you can call it that, it's still seven fifty US thousand dollars Canadian. So it's and still, it's still the A12 Bionic chip as well, which is kind of cool. Like if you think about it, like like yeah. why would you buy the XS? What's what's the reason? Oh, we got the wide wide angle lens, I guess. Right? It's LCD. It is liquid retina, which sounds like an amazing drink, but it's LCD. Yeah. It's lower resolution, single camera. So there's still lots of stuff um, that it doesn't have that they kind of where they got the cost savings for. But even for um, the current generation of phone, like. Oh, no 3D touch either, by the way, folks. That was weird. No 3D touch. Of all the things to cut, I thought that was a really strange one. Yeah. Well, probably because it's LCD, right? But, like, my phone is LCD in history. Like, That's they true. They had LCD That's phones true. with 3D touch. Maybe it's some strength of glass and it's maybe more expensive to do 3D touch on LCD. I don't know what the reason is. So, will people buy it because it's got, comes in a different colors, like the blue and the yellow and the uh, red? And Yeah, the cheap phones normal. always have, like, are always the colorful ones as well. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Um, is, yeah. that, is that sort of saying something gender specific? I think it was the same thing with the 5C, where they said, oh, they 
teenagers or something. They want colors and they don't have as much money. So then the cheaper phone will make in plastic and plastic. You can do cooler things with colors, I guess, as well. It was not right. a bonus. Um, so yeah, it doesn't seem like a... Half the memory. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a super step down because it is still the same processor. Same thing with the iPhone 8 last year's phones. The 10, the 8, and the 8 Plus all had the A11. Bionic. By the way, I think we misspoke. We said 64 bit. It's 64 gig, 256 gig, and 54 gig on the two big phones or the two fancy phones. But this one is 64, 128, and 256. Hmm. So the XR hmm. is uh, less memory as well. Also delayed by a month, which is interesting. Really? Uh, hmm. yeah, that's, it's shipping in, uh, in October. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so you have your the... September 14th order date for the 10, and, sorry, the 10S and 10S Max arriving and the watch. September 21st. Oh, that's correct. Um, and then you have order in October 19th, delivering yeah. October 26th for the 10R. So I guess last year was the same thing, right? The iPhone 10 was a little bit delayed compared to the 8 and 8 Plus. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I remembering it correctly? I think that was the case. Yeah. Um, so that one got delayed. And then still for sale, the iPhone 7 and the 7 Plus and the 8 and the 8 Plus. So the, <laughs> there are like way, way too many iPhones for sale, I think. You know, usually they will go back like one generation. I guess sometimes they go two, but they went back the full two generations to go 7 and 8 for sale, which was like, that's a lot of phones then. 7, 7 Plus, 8, 8 Plus. Plus the 10s, 10s Max, and the 10R. That's a lot of phones. It seems like so. The seven will be the free so phone with your with your two year plan, I guess. Yeah, and then the eight will be like a. I don't know. I actually should look at the price. I don't know what it is. That's is that like the five hundred dollar phone, and then the 10R is like seven six twenty nine. Let's look at it in US. Hang on. Close. So I I took notes when they showed the model comparison. So they have an interesting spread. So the iPhone seven at four hundred forty nine dollars US. The iPhone mm-hmm. eight at five ninety nine. The ten R at seven forty nine. The ten S at nine ninety nine. The 10S Max at ten ninety nine. So that, with that a little a big bit of a jump gap, between eight and R, then yeah. Right. So they generally have about a hundred dollars between each uh, of the models if you sort of squint, but you can see <laughs> how they've shifted that average selling price towards the premium models, right? Because there is that, um, you know, that big jump, the $150 jump from the 599 iPhone 8 to the 749 10R. Mm. And notably, they don't have a 649 model, like base model, um, maybe anything, a plus right? model or something, but like as they've had for a very long time, right? We say, oh, 649, 649, that's what you pay until these came with the plus and it was like $120 more expensive. And um, we saw this year that the iPhone 10 very clearly sold very well because it shifted the average selling price very dramatically for these iPhones. So we, we knew a, a better idea what the mix was. So this is very interesting that it, I think it hints at like, look, there, there's only so many more people that Apple could possibly sell to. So they're going to have to sell upwards, uh, sell you more subscriptions, sell you uh, nicer devices, sell you additional things like AirPods and other stuff. But I think yeah, the looking years at, of like... I, I forgot about the pluses. So the 7 and the 7 Plus have about $100 difference, 449 and 5 69 and then the 8 and then the 8 plus also have a hundred dollar difference so that's did you say 599 yeah 599 and 699 for the 8 plus so there is something sort of in in that range if you are willing to get an 8 plus yeah, and I misspoke earlier. I said it was a hundred dollar difference between the. Um, I thought it was between sixty four and fifty six, but it's actually between uh, the ten S and the ten S Max. I almost said X again, but um, yeah. So I wonder what the price for the. And I know it's interesting to note too on the American site they've got the the price per month with carrier pricing. So I'm mm. assuming Mark is going to get the phone because he's on that that uh, page. The upgrade program. Kind of, yeah. What do you call it? iPhone upgrade program. Yeah. So he's on that. So he'll be getting a new phone of some type. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Are you on that as well? Or no? 
I'm not, but okay. Um, I would consider like maybe this is jumping ahead to fill out your spreadsheet. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm leaning towards that. Yes, uh, I I believe I am not going to get you know any of these. That I'm not going to get the 10s, 10s Max, or the 10R. I think okay. if I were, I'd probably lean towards the Max just to see. Like wow, wow, it's, okay. It's got, it's got, I mean, I did have an iPhone six plus and an iPhone seven plus. Yeah. Um, yeah. that size of screen is great. And the reason I've loved the iPhone 10 is I get sort of the best compromise of having most of that great screen size, but without the considerable downsize of the poor mm. you know, pocketability of the plus models. Yes. I'm I, definitely I, facing that. <laughs> so I, I, I don't think I will be there on day one. If by some miracle, I end up do deciding to change my mind. I'm almost certainly going to be, if I do change my mind, it will be because I go to an Apple store and say, holy smokes, that's perfect. It, it, you know, I can maybe I can give up a little bit on the pocketability size of the iPhone 10 if I can get so much more screen real estate. Hmm. Um, I don't know. So I, why I, are you seen... not on the iPhone upgrade program? If I can ask, because I'm going I'm thinking of joining it. Uh, I filled out all the pre-approval stuff, uh, so I'm just curious why. Um, I think the math works out pretty good if you take into account the Apple Care that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you say, well, it kind of saves me the hassle of like, all right, I bought this phone. I have to go resell it so that way I can use that to finance, you know, the newer phone that's coming out. It sort of says like, whatever, just, just include it as part of the price. I'm a little bit concerned about jumping on to the like, all right, I'm in order for this to really make sense monetarily, I have to be on the forever upgrading every year train. Well, that's true because if you keep it for two years, then you just pay the cost, no interest over two years, right? So it's not like you're losing money or, you know, you're not paying extra. Yeah, I think it's more of a psychological hurdle than anything else. Uh, Does okay. that make sense? Of like, okay. yeah, I would feel kind of like, yeah, I probably should get this one. Yeah, I should probably should get this one too. You know, it, it, it just it's probably irrational, but it's it's something I'm considering. Okay. I mean, the way I looked at it was, if I do the thing where I just get a new phone every year, then I'm effectively paying half the price of the phone to use it for a year and then like that's it i give it back but then i get another phone and then if i use that one for a year i'll pay half the cost of it um so that's the way i'm looking at it whereas if i kept the phone for two years but if i don't do that and i keep the phone then i'm not again i'm not paying any extra i'm just paying the full price spread out over two years um so i don't know that's my current logic i was more worried about like they do a credit check and things and you know i'm like a foreigner so it's a little bit difficult but i went through the pre-approval and went and it all went through so um i'm gonna give it a try cool i think i think that'll be good i do think it's probably a good value it's just more of the you know leasing this thing forever uh, granted you're right there is an out and it ends up being basically the same uh, as buying a device outright. It's just that that weird lack of control that I really don't like. Um, mm, okay. But I do, I do think that um, it will be right there in my, my list of considerations when it comes to next year, which I'll almost certainly upgrade next year for the iPhone 11. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Is it too early to start taking names for next year's model? iPhone 10s Series 2. 10s Plus Max Series 2, I think is what I tweeted at somebody. <laughs> yeah, uh, so maybe. you are, you may go into an Apple store and you may be wowed and you might get the Max is where you're sitting. But otherwise, according to the strict rules, you are a no. Correct, because I, I do think the okay. 10s looks like a wonderful device. Um, however, I don't perceive there to be enough of a difference between my iPhone 10 and that yeah, device. 10, yeah, more. exactly. But okay. For like a lot of my, oh, like I should say, for a lot of my coworkers and stuff, we're like, oh, I'm, I've got an iPhone 6 or a 6S. I'm like, holy smokes, you are going to be blown away by these phones. So please, please go buy either one of them. The 10R will seem like a magical fairy phone to you. I won't go back to a bigger phone. I, I I didn't like the six plus when I had it. I found it way too unwieldy. So and my wife wouldn't go near it when when I was ready to hand it over to her. Hmm. So 
Yeah. By the way, for those of you following along at home, it's $150 difference between the 64 gig model and the 256, and then it's 300 no $450 between the 64 gig and the 512. So that memory doesn't come cheap. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Not not well, half I already, I already gave away my plans. I've already applied for the pre-approval. It got a pre-approved, so that was exciting. My friend who yeah. works at Apple told me that that was a thing now to get like. <laughs> he said he like pre-pre-ordered it. I was like, what does that mean? So anyway, I will be. I have an iPhone 8 Plus right now in my hand, mm-hmm. and yes, I think I'm. Uh, I've pre-ordered the iPhone 10s. So I'll have a slightly smaller, physically smaller phone, but the screen will be amazing, says everyone. So that's what I'll yep. be yep. getting. Tim, what about you? I am not going to get a phone this time. No, definitely not. Not even a maybe if you go to the Apple store and you're amazed. You're not even no, going to leave a, a no. little out for yourself. Okay. No, the only reason I would get this phone would be for the camera. Because I, okay. I, I use my iPhone X camera all the time. I, I think it's a great camera. Okay. Like a portrait effects and all that kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah, I think having kids or grandkids in your case definitely changes that, um, that calculus. Or dogs, Jaime. Dogs is a big thing. People take pictures of uh, their pets, too. It's all That's about true. Instagram for me. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> It's all about getting likes on Instagram because that's the currency, right? Digital currency. That is the currency of that. You got to get those internet points for sure. Yeah, for uh, sure. Should we move on to the miscellaneous section that I put down? <laughs> Everything else. <laughs> well, did you notice he mentioned Jaime's favorite product, the HomePod, mm-hmm. at the end there? So having said that, it is a very good product. I have been knocking it a lot <laughs> on social media and the show. It is a wonderful product. It feels like a one-and-done product. I mean, they obviously didn't come up with a new one this year. It's two-and-done. They have stereo now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the, I mean that's the a software one. upgrade, though, right? That's not like, a, oh, Wow, HomePod 2, it's got even more microphones and and, and it, it does stereo just by itself and you can do it's you know, well, multiple timers. Come on, you get that now. Multiple timers, yes. You can cook more than one thing or more than one <laughs> ingredient at a time with your timers. That's great. Uh, find your devices, which will be nice and be like, hey, HomePod, um, where my phone at? <laughs> Please tell me. <laughs> Uh, series shortcuts for for apps, but it feels like again like a okay thanks bye sort of mention of like yeah well, that was sort of a thing from WWDC and I guess there's a little bit of a recap in this keynote because more sort of normal people aren't going to watch this than they would the WWDC keynote so I, I get that yeah the bit. last whatever five ten minutes was definitely like I've heard this before <laughs> it was sort of a it was sort of a big recap but yeah so what yeah. was that what did you have on your miscellaneous list just besides HomePod um that was pretty that, I mean they went over some more features like as time I mentioned like series shortcuts and Okay. And, um, I forget whatever else is new in iOS 10. But I also just wanted to note that, I'll, uh, Tim, you mentioned this earlier as well, but the GM is out for Xcode 10, right. watchOS 5, tvOS 12, and iOS 12. Not macOS Mojave yet, which is a week past, but they did update mm-hmm. to beta 11 for macOS Mojave, so you can get that. But this is not the GM yet. That'll probably be another maybe another week. Hmm. Uh, that's all I had down there. Oh, and you can ship your apps today, too. I got, I got an email about that, right? Yeah, I, I, I was going to put a little complaining note to say, like, this is, is this like the least amount of time that we ever had? Because iOS 12 is going to drop for everybody on Monday, the yeah, 19th, yeah. the 17th, is that? Uh, and it's Wednesday today, which is like, someone was like, well, we pretty much have to submit an app, like, tomorrow, or maybe Friday, because they do right. approve stuff on the weekend but you have like pretty much a day or two to um submit an update if you want to get it ready mm-hmm. so not a lot of time and for the watch people there's some sad note on one of the apple um uh i linked to that thing about designing for um apple watch series 4 and there's also a video a tech talk video for building apps for iphone 10s 10s max and 10r and somewhere on the apple developer portal is like you know don't forget to test your apps with the simulator and if your app doesn't work in the simulator then comment those parts out and test everything that you can and it's like okay that's <laughs> that's not the best advice but like what are you gonna do nobody has these devices in their hands yet hmm. um, 
So, yeah, that's a shame. I don't know what the solution is. Give developers early access to devices or something like that. But that's too bad that we can't sort of fully, fully test everything. As somebody who works on an app with, like, metal and camera stuff, and the, a large portion, like, the, the important parts of our app do, do not work in the simulator. So we have no way to test it out until, you know, we just get these things in our hands. That's too bad. But, yeah, it seems like the shortest amount of time that we have to send an update. I guess it's good that Apple reviews apps so quickly. Yeah, cool. it's, it's it's definitely interesting. I, I mean, I think it's probably a little bit more, other than the case that you just mentioned for your own scenario, like if you were safe area compatible for the iPhone 10, it seems, and again, I have to watch the, what is it, like nine to 10 minute video for the Tech Talk to see if there truly are any differences for the 10s and 10s Max, but it, it seems like probably not. You're probably safe in that perspective. Um, I think so, yeah. The Apple Watch one is as rather unfortunate because it is a somewhat different uh, aspect ratio, I think, or how it handles yeah. the, the Although edges. I think that's the same thing because most apps on there are well i shouldn't say most apps but a lot of apps are just like ios apps are like table views so if you use the watch kit tables then you know they'll just scroll more so you'll be okay i don't know how many apps i don't actually use very many apps on my watch when i do use the rare the very rare times i do use the watch uh, i don't use very many apps anyway um so i don't have big probably the new complication sizes will be the big ones if people really like that comp that uh, watch face that they demoed the really complicated haha uh-huh, complicated looking one with all of the you know yeah, yeah. four triangular complications and one or along the top and one along the bottom, then you will need to update your app to make one of the new complication sizes if you want to be part, sort of part of that ecosystem. And you have no way to test it out except for, I guess, with today's GM and the beta and scrambling to get something uh, within the next week. So kind of tough, but... I was going to say the other miscellaneous thing is that Johnny Ive is now on the moon, apparently. <laughs> I was thinking that maybe he's uh, sadly passed on and now he's just an AI, kind of like I was thinking the same Johnny thing. Like, yeah, he's just like series, like another Siri voice, right? Yeah, they don't they don't show him at all. It's like, I don't I don't think this person exists. I'm like, oh, look, he was in the crowd. It's like, well, maybe it was just a double, you know, a body. I saw a tweet crowd. that said, like, they wish that Johnny Ive's voice was available in Siri. Because I think the British Siri, by default, is a, is a man's voice, but they were like they wanted to be Johnny Ive's voice. Oh, Tammy would die and go to heaven if that was the case. <laughs> yeah, she makes us hush whenever he's talking on the Slack. Hmm. All right. So the thing that they didn't mention, oh yeah, radically, <laughs> oh yeah, yes. thing they didn't talk about is uh, good old air power. Um, which is, is that what it's called air power? It was because yeah. I remember thinking it was like air superiority for like fighter jets, like the F twenty two. And we joked right. last week. I was like, Tim, you can get the air table that they will announce that you can charge all your devices, your iPads, your Macs, your iMacs, your iMacs Pros. Yep, your Plus. None of those things. That that device didn't come out, which is really sad. Like I, I I've seen some tweets and everything about like, hmm, kind of wonder what happened there. They're kind of quietly backing away and maybe they just will never release that device. I remember reading earlier in the year that they had some serious trouble with like fires breaking out or something like the thing was overheating on the table and it was like causing fires. So it was something really serious like that, which kind of makes sense, which is why they haven't brought it up. But then something maybe on 9to5Mac said that they might be shipping it by like the end of the year, like December 30th, kind of like they did with the Mac Pros way back when. Um, So I think it's still coming. They just uh, they're probably like super careful because they mentioned it early. Excuse me, and they're probably kicking themselves for you know not not pre-announcing, but for talking about something like that early on. And now they're like, we are we are never going to say the word until we're actually on stage like announcing this thing. Um, so maybe they've uh, they're a little gun shy about saying the word. Either that, or there's going to be like a landfill full of them in Nevada somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> 
Didn't they bury a bunch of Lisas at one point? Mm, no, I was thinking the E.T. Atari yeah, game is yeah, the Atari story. Games, yeah. The Lisas, I don't think so. I will find the Wikipedia page and put that in the notes. It's in the city <laughs> dump right next to the E.T. cartridges is what I was thinking, yeah. too. <laughs> right, right. Wow, I googled, uh, I googled E.T. game, and it's like total failure. <laughs> the man who made the worst video game in history. Uh, I will put a note in the... Uh, I'll put the link in the show notes for people who don't know the story. There. But it's probably but let's, let's super rare. People pay a lot of money for that, that game now. They do now because it's so funny but i don't think uh, unearth et atari game sells for hundred eight thousand dollars at auction from uh, four, three wow. years ago unearthed like actually dug up from the from the ground i think they they dug it up and they found the cartridge and they sold it for a hundred thousand dollars yeah that's crazy there's a really good uh, documentary on netflix around this whole like is it really true did they really do it and they go through the drama about oh, the search really? for that I, I don't remember what it was called i'd have to go look it up okay it's good i recommend it <laughs> Link it'll in the be, show notes. It'll be on. It'll be on. In search of with starring um, Zach Quinto. Is that his name? Quinto. No, that the new right. Spock. Spock. You mean? Yeah, the new, the new Spock. Spock. Yeah. Yeah, because Leonard Nimoy used to do In Search of, and now Zachary Quinto is going to do it. That's appropriate. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, although he's not the same Spock that's on the new Discovery that's coming out soon. Um, all right, so I guess save it for your other show, Tim. Save it for your other show. I know. Are we on? Are we on the Pickerama now? Or are we ready? I for think our we're picks? on the Pickerama. Go around yeah. the table like we usually do and see if anybody has any picks. And so I have a pick. If I can go first, let's so. stop at Tim. All right, let's Tim, talk Tim. Do you have a pick? So um, yeah, I, I don't know. I've been ranting for the last couple of months about the fact that every time I go to <laughs> I looked ahead at what your pick is. Beyond Burger, <laughs> and uh, so they actually had they actually had a, a sign. You know. They would put a sign up at the store. And what really bothered me about it is you would go into the, the queue. You'd be standing there for the queue. And then it wasn't until you get to the cash register that you could actually see the sign that said, we have no ham- or no Beyond Meat Burgers, right? Um, so I've been I've been shaming them on on um, on Swarm and Foursquare every time I go I take a picture of the of the sign and post it. Um, but so they they for a while there they actually had a URL where you could register to be notified when they were you know giving your email address and they would notify you when they're going to be back in stock and they stopped putting the URL on about a month ago. <laughs> and uh, so I just just before the show I got an email from AW saying that the thanks for being beyond patient because now apparently the nice beyond meat beyond meat burger supply will be restocked at AW October 1st. So I will probably get my Apple Watch before I have another <laughs> beyond meat burger. So I don't know if uh, maybe I only mentioned this in the Slack, but my local Safeway here does sell the beyond meat if I wanted to cook it myself. Right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I, mean, I haven't I bought it yet. Bought some, right? I mean, has bought it. I know. So I yeah. might follow in the footsteps and try it. Yeah. It is good. All right. Uh, so uh, who's next? Uh, Greg, do you have a pick? Uh, well, let me go with Jaime first because I'm All still right, collecting some Jaime links. First. Sorry. Yeah, I do. It's an app called Trailer or Trailer.app. Or sorry, TrailerApp.io. It's a very simple sort of concept. If you wanted to create one of those sort of fancy looking, you know, iPhone is askew at a certain angle and it shows a very idealized version of your app. This might be the app for you. It's pretty simple as far as uh, you can just record live from your phone. So let's say you have, you know, your latest build on your phone and very similar to how you could do the record video from QuickTime. You know, the QuickTime player is a really good way to record video from your your iPhone device uh, or any iOS device. This is uh, sort of an extension of that where it'll create like the fancy, like here's a phone, it's a skew and here it is going through the app and there's probably a Johnny Ive style voice talking about how wonderful the experience is. Uh, If you look at their little, I don't know, what is it? 32 second video, you'll get the idea here. Uh, They have like iTunes Connect portrait templates 
templates, Instagram stories, Facebook feed, uh, Twitter tweet sort of templates, you know, these sorts of things that you've probably seen a very similar sort of marketing style video on your, um, on your, on your homepages or on your Twitter feed and other bits. This will help you do that. Uh, actually I brought it up to some folks at work and they were like, Oh wow, we're totally going to use that. And I just, uh, sat through a meeting today. I was like, Oh, you, you actually did use it. That's great. Fantastic. I'm glad my, my pick of the week became something that uh, was immediately useful. Cool. Yeah. It's it. Well, you can also use it for the, the videos you post up on, um, on the Apple site too, right? Cause are, are people still not posting videos of their apps? They are still posting videos of their apps. Yeah. They're a lot stricter with that about, um, the video has to be like use like screenshots, basically. Like you can't show like some happy person using your app. Oh yeah. 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 I don't, I'm not sure what this app does. I'm not saying that's what this app does, but I'm just saying they're a lot stricter with the videos. Yeah. This is just sure, found so has a like, very sad experience. Yeah. It's like the iPhones in layout kind of mode and on, on a skew or isometric or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Neat. All right. So Greg, let's have your pick. I, my pick, so I've been rethinking my whole life and thinking about how do I want to work on the terminal where I spend a lot of time. And so my colleague, uh, Alexis Gallagher, who I work with, has been also having re- revelations of the same kind. And so we said, why are we stuck in this world? He uses Emacs, so he's like, you know, already lost. But for the rest of us, we're like, all right, we can still be saved. Why are we still using our terminal and our command line like it's the 70s? Because mm-hmm. you know, that's when all these tools were built. So um, I want to suggest some upgrades if you spend a lot of time in terminal. I tweeted something about this as well. But uh, the shell, we're probably, I, I did a poll and people are using Bash, which is the default on the Mac. A lot of people use the uh, Z shell or Z shell, if you want to say it like that, uh, which is very customizable. And it's like, oh, look at this. It's like Bash, but with like a thousand other plugins that you can use. But I'm like, we should simplify our lives, as, as I'm trying to do. So there's a, a shell called uh, Fish, the friendly interactive shell, which has like uh, suggestions and it has a really good uh, normal scripting language. Because if you've ever written a Bash script, you know how horrible it can be. And it's it's just like a modern lightweight shell. So if you're thinking about, you know, simplifying your terminal life, then try fish out. It's really good. Uh, so that's the first thing. That's like the fundamental thing. And then there are other tools. There's this tool called EXA, E-X-A, which is a replacement for LS, which if you know LS on the command line, that's like what you use to list files. You're like, LS, right. that's been the same since the 70s. Why would you need to upgrade it? So again, this is maybe going the other direction. So it's a more complicated tool, you could say in some ways. But, um, you know, you look at lists of files all the time. So why can't they be colored with Syntax highlight, not syntax highlight, but like colored. And if you if you're in a Git directory and you do exa instead of ls, then it shows like the Git status, whether the file is dirty, whether it's been changed, whether it needs to be committed, and um, it shows file sizes in a friendly way. It does date formatting. So anyway, why are you stuck with a tool from the 70s for something like listing files that you do all the time? So there's a link. There's this tool called exa drop in replacement for ls. That's much nicer. And then the last one is a replacement for cat, which again you're thinking cat. It, I mean it's supposed to concatenate files which people, I guess, still use it for. But you have a file, you want to just list out what's in there, you use cat. And again, the tool has been the same since the 70s. There's another replacement for cat or a cat clone called bat, as they say, a cat clone with wings. So instead of cat, it's bat. And it prints out files just like you would think, but it puts like line numbers next to it. If you're printing out a C file, it does syntax highlighting. If you're printing out like HTML, it does syntax highlighting. And it's like, you know, why don't we want the world to be a better place? So uh, same thing if you have a file in, if you have a directory in Git and if the file is dirty, then when you bat out the file, it will print out the file, but it'll put the little pluses and minuses in the margins to say like what you've added, what you've removed. So it's just like, you know, we should upgrade our lives. Uh, again, personally, I spent a lot of time in Terminal and I've, you know, these are the, the Unix tools that we've been using for 30 years and that we're very used to. But, you know, we're in the 21st century. We should upgrade a little bit. So we should have color on the Terminal and nicer output and 
and more useful output just in our everyday lives. So if you're like a terminal nerd as well, and you've been resisting this kind of thing because it's like the terminal and it's very pure and this is how we've always done it, then I would just encourage you to you know spread out your wings a little bit and try some new things. So that's what I've been testing out. The fish shell, exa instead of ls to get nice directory listings and bat instead of cat to print out files in a nicer way. So those are my three picks. And then the quasi pick is just to, you know, look for these new tools because there's a lot of cool stuff out there. And they all seem to be written in Rust too, which is interesting. I think I'm going to be learning Rust soon just out of, you know, my own kind of personal curiosity. But um, yeah, those are my picks. Cool. All right. So Jaime, you snuck another pick in here? Well, it's more like follow-up to the the <laughs> Netflix <laughs> documentary. Mentioned. It turns out it's not a Netflix original. So at least from what I was looking right now, it appears to not be on Netflix in, in the United States. But the name of it is Atari Game Over, where it follows uh, <laughs> this whole quest to find the uh, mythical, or maybe not so mythical, um, E.T. game cartridges. It says the description on the IMDb, like, a crew digs up all of the old Atari 2600 game cartridges that were tossed into a landfill in the 1980s. Hmm. Um, I'll have to check this out. Interesting. <laughs> and the character, I'll just point out, the, you know, the, it's IMDb, they have a the list of the cast, and everybody is like himself, because it's a documentary, but the first person after the narrator is some gentleman, and his title is Waste Disposal Expert and Historian. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I wonder if those are two different, is he a waste disposal expert and a historian, or is he a historian specifically about waste disposal? It's just kind of an interesting title. Uh, I'll definitely either find this somewhere or illegally torrented yes kind of wonder all right i just i was just thinking while you were talking about the shell there we weren't uh, on mac os 10 originally wasn't on the uh the bash shell i think it was on z shell before that c shell c shell was the original one c shell yeah. yeah and they switched it from yeah. jaguar to, to bash because i remember i mean i think linux had been on bash from the very beginning so that probably made sense but the yeah. FreeBSD and the bsd folks were on i think maybe are still diehard c shell users yeah um, yeah so and i remember was there was a big debate about that at the time when it happened and i'm like i don't care <laughs> we should all be using fish anyway, so it's a it's a moot point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how does one install it? Sh- how that shell there, Greg? You just download it and put it in. Uh, I've been using Homebrew. I think that's pretty homebrew, common okay, among, yeah, among yeah. our nerdy crowd. Homebrew. Uh, you the shell is very special though. If you try to change your default shell to use fish, it will not allow you because there's a list of whitelisted shells that you have to allow. Oh, okay. Uh, so like the root, the your system administrator says no, only these shells are allowed. But since you're probably the system, you have to sudo and add fish to the list of allowable shells. If you're a Unix nerd, you already know this, but if you're not, I'm sure the fish webpage has instructions on how to do it. So you should. So then, then that actually means, ends up being a default shell? Because you, um, you can switch to fish without... Once you can just shell. run... Like, every time you open the terminal, it'll open bash. You can just just, just type fish, and then you'll right. be in fish. But you have to right. do it every time. So if you say, I want my default to be fish, then that's sort of not allowed, because it's not in the whitelist. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I tend to open my shells and just then leave them open, so... Mm. Yeah, I use history a lot to go back and run the same commands over and over again. You will so. love fish, then. It's very good with um, history stuff. Cool. Yeah, I like, uh, well, the, the color coding, is it looks nice, too. So, mm. you know, I might give it a shot. But then again, like I said, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was uh, considering, you know, taking the plunge into Z-shell, but now I think I'll take a look at fish and see what I, I did. I had a little, uh, you know, like mis- my misspent youth was definitely spent in a very customized Z-shell, but I think I've realized that it's just, you know, th- therein lies madness, and it's just like you're customizing this whole environment. I think the big thing for me was I would just hit enter five times, and for the prompt to re-display itself five times, it, there was like a noticeable delay. You know what I mean? Like it, 
enter five times, it was like, now it's done. Because it was like, my prompt had so many things, so many plugins, that it took a long time to just do no command at all. And I think that's when I realized, like, you know, this is, mm. this is crazy. Right. Craziness. All right. Well, I guess that's it, eh, folks? I think so. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Jaime, if people want to find you on the interrupt, where would they look? I'm on Twitter as at Dev with the Hair. And Greg, if people want to get in touch with you? Uh, you can send me an email. I'm uh, mtjc at com. <laughs> all right i hope people do that special Uh, address just for listeners sure cool so my name is timitra t-i-m-m-i-t-r-a on the twitter machine and that is the best way to get a hold of me unless you want to follow me on instagram you know and of course i'm on mastodon as well but no is anybody really using mastodon i don't know i think it's a sad place but i don't know i'm not there well, even Jay Figure's not really big on Mastodon. If you, I don't know if you heard his talk at 360 iDev. Are you on micro.blog, Tim? Maybe we should answer that in the I, after I show. On, oh, no, don't answer it. Don't answer it. Don't answer it. No, you can Why? cut that out. We'll answer it in the after show. Oh, okay. All right. So I guess, yeah. So aren't we done? Well, you That's do, it. You Until know, next week, we'll say bye-bye. Bye. 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 <laughs> This has been another episode of the More Than Just Code podcast. If you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. You can get in touch with us on the website or follow us on Twitter at mtjc underscore podcast. If you have feedback or questions, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskMTJC. If you like the show, please consider recommending us to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount at patreon.com slash mtjc. You can find out details on how to help us out on the website, mtjc.fm slash sponsor us. Now stick around for the after show. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. after show so micro.blog tim are you on it uh i am on micro.blog i signed up two years ago i guess when when i first i I did uh, the kickstart but i never actually activated my account so thanks to the kickstarter i have like three months free or something yeah i don't know Um, so well i what happened for me was um i just linked it to my to my um my wordpress site because i I really don't have the time or the energy to to just do micro blog by itself right so Mm. i do follow a few people on there but yeah it's again it's another one of those you know i don't know <laughs> I kind of like it for posting photos and yeah. posting like short things. So like, are you using you know, it now? Uh, I, st- I I finally signed up. I think while I was at 360 iDev, I activated the trucks. I think G McDonald was there. She was doing a micro dot blog um, meetup breakfast, but I think it was the same day as our Ray Wenderlich team breakfast yes, it was, that crashed. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't go to that. But it brought it back to my head, and I was like, oh, yeah, I think I have an account there, but I saved my name, because I think if you were in the Kickstarter, yeah. you could reserve your name, which I did, but then um, so I never see, actually let me activated it. discover you here. Mm, I, I don't know. The discovery and things could use some work. I believe it's on purpose. They don't want to make it, like, to discover. That's not probably not the right way to say it. But, um, yeah, so it's interesting. I was there, like, I posted a few photos. People. Jean showed me. I have, the, I have the app on my phone, actually. I have the app, too, but I cannot see how to search for somebody. Yeah. Um, yeah there, discover, it, it, maybe. 
it, yeah. uh, search. Are you Tim Mitra, perhaps? I am. Yeah. I keep it simple. Yeah, me too. There we go. I will follow you. Oh, there's a little... You. How do I do... How did you find me? I went to discover, and then there's a search button at the top right in the tab Yeah, bar, there isn't, or in the uh, there bar, isn't I mean. one in the website, which I find odd. Oh, uh, I'm using the app. Though. I yeah, I know. I'm same thing. Same here. So, Greg Yo. That's with the at symbol in front? Mm, I didn't, and it found you. There you are. I can follow you now. How about that? So, it, it was... It's pretty nice for posting pictures. Um, that was nice. And for tweet-sized things and even longer things. And there are other people there who I know from, like, the Mac iOS community. Well, I can see um, who you're following. How about that? Oh, I thought that was secret. Oh, my no. God. You're following John Daniel Punkow, so I can follow him. Oh, yeah. I'm only following 17 people. Not that many. I think I just looked at, um, you know, Daniel Jalkut or something. I looked at who he was following, and I just followed those people. I think yeah. that's how I did it. Because they don't have a, you know, they don't have very good discovery. I think on purpose, though. So it's not a knock against the service. Um, okay. So you have an account, but you don't... But I see you You post, like, every... Oh, but you have it linked to your Twitter or something? Yeah. Like no, it's okay. my... my um, it's my uh, WordPress blog. Ah, uh, I see. Because, like, every MTJC episode seems to show up there. So it's yeah, just because the, I, cause I, that's the only thing I post on my, my current website. Yeah, got it. Okay. Yeah, I follow most of these people on um, Justin. Did Justin uh, Williams actually show up at 360 and do a talk? He was the one who got swapped around, right? Yeah. No, I think he was there. I heard he... Someone was like, he looks very different. I looked at his photo. I'm like, yeah, that guy does look different. That's not the Justin Williams that I remember. Really? Um, yeah, because yeah. he's he, at Justin. He has, like, long hair now or something like that, I think. Oh, does he? Yeah, I think so. Oh, maybe because... He, was he there the whole weekend, but we just didn't realize it was him? <laughs> I think his talk... Wasn't his talk the one that got rescheduled as well? Because yeah, he was, he was, he was Yeah, I had to miss his because I, I was I had to catch a plane. Okay, yeah. So uh, I don't think he was there. I don't think he was there the whole time. But when he was there, I think he looks very different from at least what I remember. Mm-hmm. So are these people yeah. actually not Twittering as well? I think they're doing both. So it's, yeah. you know, it's not a replacement. It's just another place. But yeah, like you, I don't really have time to, you know, post it yet. And I barely post on Twitter, so... Mm-hmm. Um, all these new people on Twitter that I follow, they've like, you look at how many tweets that they have and they have like, you know, 20,000 tweets or something like that, which I'm yeah? like amazed at. Yeah. Whereas I have what? 7,000 tweets. That's it. I've only tweeted 7,000 times. Hmm. But everyone else I follow seems to have like in the multi-thousands or the tens of thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll get there eventually, but yeah. I it looks like a friend of the show, Darren, is upset with Apple about something. Uh, which Darren? Darren, Darren uh, Baptiste. Ah, okay. I mean, tis the season, considering it's... <laughs> The September mm-hmm. event. Or just after the event. It's the perfect time to be upset, yeah. Well, Sonos has just just released the, the best voice-activated speaker ever made, apparently. Hmm. That'll be good for them. They're, uh, they're definitely going to have to expand, because I think they'll get pushed out of the market if they're just a speaker company. Who, Apple or Sonos? Sonos. They kind of seemed like an Apple acquisition target for a while, didn't they? Yeah, they, Wait, they so, really so did So the watch like is 46 millimeters? Yeah, it got bumped to 40 and... 40, I thought it was 40 and 44. That's what I thought, too. Yeah, so it is 44. I thought... The red 46. I don't know why. Do you have the 38 or the 42? The 42, isn't it? 42? I have 42. Are those the options right now? You have the 42? Okay. Well, now I have to go to the store and look at these things. I guess I'll have them in the store, right? I would think so. Yeah. Like, I'm not pre-ordering a watch. So, yeah, I, w- I would want to go in and look and say, all right, this looks okay. Maybe I'll get one. But I don't know. I'll think about it. Hmm. No edition watch this year. Yeah, that was another thing that's been canceled. Oh, really? No ceramic, right? Well, since they all have ceramic on the back now, I guess <laughs> they can say they're still using the ceramic. But I think the official edition watch has been uh, discontinued. Yep. No more $10,000 watch. No more $1,000 premium watch. Now well, here's some real-time follow-up. It does it. actually say that the uh, Apple Watch 4 ECG is 
not available in Canada. Oh, really? Yeah, this is on the iPhone Can- iPhone in Canada website. Oh, okay. Yeah, they got they got some mm. Health Canada approval then, I guess. Yeah, because I kind of yeah, that's who it was. I couldn't remember who the FC- FDA was here. Is it Health Canada? Is that what they're called? I think so. That's what yeah, I, remember. I think yeah. so. So it sounds like it's different than um, we we talk about in aviation that the FAA and EASA from the United States and the European Union essentially rule the world in terms of aviation regulations and other countries to a T, except for maybe China. Just take what they've got, add whatever local thingy they want and rubber stamp it. Apparently that's not the case for the FDA. No, people are more sensitive about the health stuff, but I guess since, well, I don't know, Canada does have airplane manufacturing too, but it's pretty much like the US and the EU with uh, Airbus and Boeing. So I think that's why they're probably the big players there. Yeah. And they're, they're snapping up to an extent, right? Airbus and Bombardier and Boeing That's and true. Embraer. Boeing and Embraer up. are getting together too. Yeah. Well, that sucks. I guess I'm not getting a new watch right away. Uh, because of the ECG? Yeah. Uh, yeah, if that was a big draw, you probably want to make sure it does, in fact, come to Canada. Mm-hmm. I feel like they would turn it on with a software update eventually. Um, I don't know how long it I would I could just be, say though. I'm in the United States too, right? I don't know how that works. If you may have to come here to buy it, like maybe they no. like, disable it. I don't <laughs> really? know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I, you know. Well, it's true. Like our, our Google, we bought a Google Home uh, and off of eBay, and it turned out, because around Christmas they were all sold out. And we bought it from a company in Montreal, but it's an American Google Home. And we have to say, you know, play CBC Toronto on it. Otherwise, it plays Kitchener or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the watch, I don't know how they limit that. But I wouldn't be surprised if all watches sold in Canada, for example, had it like, I don't yeah, know, they have like, a special version of the firmware where it turned off or something. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't but, put, I wouldn't I'll mail put. you one. Hmm? I'll mail you one, Tim. Yeah, okay. Uh, let me just go Apple.ca and see what they say. I want to check the pricing too, because I didn't realize that 42 was bigger. I think the pricing is still like well, it's 519 Canadian for um, 519 Canadian. Where's watch? 519 Canadian for the uh, the base model. So that would be the, the 40, right? That's what I mean. I wonder how small the 40 is compared to the 42 or 44. Mm, I, I think say. the screen is bigger, but physically, I don't think it's that much bigger. Uh, somebody had a description of the two side by side, and I think I oh you mean like, like thousands. Oh, the screen is wider, but the actual physical dimension of the watch is similar? No, the, the, the physical dimensions are bigger, but not that much. Sorry, all the dimensions except thickness are bigger. So it is wider, it is taller, it is heavier, mm-hmm. it's, but it's thinner. But I don't think it was that much wider. Like, I don't think it's, um, uh, well, I guess two millimeters is still two, two millimeters. Oh, it's so only it's only it's $40 more for the, the larger phone, or larger watch, for, uh, 559 hmm. Do you have the big watch right now, Tim, or the smaller one? I have the, the big one, but the thing is, I'm like, I'm like two notches away from the end of the the phone or the end of the the, the strap right mm, okay so i don't know why uh i, I, I have to try the other because i don't think i can use the nylon bands because they're not quite as long uh okay yeah right i'm so. sure you can again if you go to amazon you find some custom yeah ones well so carol $10. carol actually sure bought the the hardware like you, you know the she's bought like little ends that slide into the into the watch itself and a, and a buckle and so she she can make her own you know get a piece of leather or whatever make her own strap or whatever mm-hmm. yeah i bought those on amazon a while back because there's all kinds of patterns and stuff like that because she's like a sewer kind of person right so mm. there's all kinds of patterns out there for making watch bands with the how's the 3d printing <laughs> tim i just i just thought of that huh? are you still 3d printing uh occasionally yeah i well, just remind i was reminded of the watch stand that uh you made for me one time yeah yeah i still yeah. i still use mine okay yeah but lately i've been just i've been charging on my my backup uh, uh cable so i just have it over by my desk and um just have it like doing the nightstand mode right now 
wonder if I can use the same cable with the new watches. I still have a... Because I bought a shorter yeah, a short charger. Mm-hmm. I wonder if those will still work. I hope so, because it's the back of the phone. And I think the big watch, uh, watch, I mean, the big watch and the small watch, they use the same charger, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. So it's funny, um, you know, I, I posted earlier today, I asked people what their, their guess was. And, and one of the responses I got for, was from Roustam over at 1Password. He's, he want, all he wants is a new Mac without a touch bar. Mm. But no touch bar means no touch ID. Well, it is a separate button. I mean, that's what I want, too. I want an escape... Well, no. I want just a, a real escape ID. key and a touch ID key. And then in between there, I want a touch bar. Mm-hmm. I would settle for that. That's what I'm okay with. But I want a physical escape and a, and a touch. Next back up will be a touch ID when I'm, I'm, I'm sold. Well, they might put Face ID on the Max. Yeah, yeah, we still got to get through the October time frame since they they didn't talk at all about iPads and Macs and other stuff that they'll probably have a separate smaller event for. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There's a good Mac Rumors article. Everything Apple didn't announce, and they cover iPad Pro, the new Mac Mini, MacBook Air, what they're going to do with the MacBook 12-inch MacBook and the MacBook Air, uh, and right, also yeah, Air those Power. Are rumors as well, right? Those are sorry. Those are rumors as well. Yeah, yeah. The the, the smaller smaller Mac. Uh, yeah, like sort of MacBook Air or 12-inch MacBook. Like, what the heck are they going to do? Are they going to keep them both? Or are they going to have one? So I think that was still a question. Hmm. Uh, I'll put a link to that, too. You're always very good well, about so the-, the show notes, Tim. Like, you, like if we mention something in passing, you put a link in it. So I'm trying to help try you out to, here yeah. with all the links. Yeah. I see that. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> well, I think um, I noticed it, especially in the last couple of weeks. And I know when I look at the shared Google Doc that all those links are not there. You know, Jaime and, and uh, Mark are not putting in all these miscellaneous links. I know you're looking at you're looking them no, I, I listen to the show as i'm listening to the show i go and find them put them in if i can unless i'm, unless I'm not feeling very energetic yeah much appreciated tim but i do know that trying to trying to fact check this show is <laughs> the pathway to hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah i shake my fist a lot as i listen so it's true <laughs> Do you? <laughs> no, no. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, so I have a, I, when, I, when I'm, when I'm editing the show, I actually have a notes file open and I, I just put the name of it. So I, I don't know if you read the tags. Have you read the tags on the website? Yeah, yeah. Like if you, guys, you guys mention a word, I'll put it in there, right? So, so well, I, I know you have... use it when uh, while you're recording. If someone says something, you're like, what show did we mention that on? And I know you use the tags for that, right? Because you're good about tags. Well, I, so I, I do the tags when I'm doing the, the first pass edit because I'm listening to I'm not listening to I'm listening to different things, and um, so as I go through each each pass, I'll, I'll add a word or two, and then I, even when I'm walking the dog, I'll stop and Mac has to wait for a minute while I enter something in the notes. <laughs> And I'll go back and, and update the the post once I've done it. So it's interesting on on Firesight they've added this they've added they've got the tags field, but now they've added in this keyword field, and I'm not sure that I really want to use the keywords because I would think that the description of the show should be enough to to help the search engines find out what the show is about, right? Is that keywords for the show or keywords for each episode? Well, I, but mind you, I think it's key, keywords for each individual episode. Like there's keywords oh. that go into the, into iTunes, right? Which is how we got our, our organic placement, right? But um, there's uh, like like you you do when you do an app, app publishing. But there's you can put keynotes per episode, and then there's tags per episode. But to me, tags and keynotes are, or keywords. Sorry, why did I say keynotes? Keywords are the same um, purpose in my mind, right? So yeah, you have to look at the docs and see exactly what each of them does, I guess. Maybe one is for searching, like only for well, SEO. Well, the other thing, we don't, we don't, don't like publish via, we don't publish via Fireside, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. 
So everything else maybe that makes it into the RSS feed somehow. Like the Fireside provided RSS. Maybe it makes it in there somehow. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, it's a lot of work for me to go and switch to Fireside now, but, you know, because we talked about it a while ago. I probably should have changed it a while ago because Spotcast is all on Fireside. And so do I, you like I only it? have to enter it once. Hmm? Do you like it since you use it on one podcast already? <laughs> Well, it just it shortens the time for me to to, to do that because what I what I do now is is I do all the work in Fireside and then I copy those copy the the Fireside finished piece into WordPress and then I copy mm-hmm. that into the the thing that I published to Apple because I use mm-hmm. um, an app called Feeder so it's like three steps right whereas um, with uh, Spotcast I do it once and then if I want to change it in mid you know in the middle of the week I just go in and change it and it automatically publishes the update to to iTunes as well so. Uh, I see. But it took me a while to, like, even even though we had done, I think we'd done, like, nine or ten episodes of Spotcast, so I had to go back and put all those into, make sure that all the metadata and everything was correct, and that took a while, so, but now we're 200 episodes into into more than just code, it would take a while to... <laughs> 212, we reached the boiling point. We've reached the boiling point, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That would be a good name for a podcast, too, maybe. Something, something boiling. 212. Yeah, yeah, the boiling point. Well, you know, number, it's funny. Huh? It's a good number. I don't think it use it doesn't get used enough, I don't think. No, no. Well, I mean, the, the thing about it is for us, for you and me, we switched over to metric when we were quite young, right? So to us, 100 has always been the boiling point. That's true. I think I may have been born into a metric world, yeah. Were you? Although, don't well, they still so, label everything in, like, pounds? Like, when you go to Loblaws and you buy, you know, bananas or tomatoes or something. Yeah, they don't have they both. still list the they prices in pounds? They list both, okay. Yeah. Well, the majority is kilograms, right? So, but I mean, like, so for me, it was great because I, I learned to drive. I didn't drive, learn to drive in my 16, when I turned 16, which I was eligible. I, I did it when I was 17, and that was the year that they switched over to metric. So I learned to drive mm. in metric. Mm, okay. Right, so... And it's always weird when I rent a car in the States because I have to kind of look at the dial and go, ooh, <laughs> how fast am I going? But mind you, they have, they have kilo, kilometers and or all that kind of stuff. Meter, they have meters and stuff like that on the American dashboards, don't they, Jaime? No, they if you get a car with like smaller the, kilometers, I mean, yeah. But if you get a car with the uh, like electric, you know, like LED yeah, display dashboard, it. then they only show miles. But yeah. if you get like a like cars 20 years ago with the actual physical odometer and things like that, they would have the yeah. kilometers printed in the small print. But the, like I have Zipcar now of a Zipcar membership. When I took out the car, it mm-hmm. was like a digital readout, and it only showed miles. And I was like, "How do I get the kilometers in like the small print?" But you oh, can't you couldn't switch it. Oh yeah, you should be able to switch it. And I would just look up the model on YouTube because there's almost certainly a how do I change this from meters? Or, sorry, from I'm like miles you know renting this car for like an hour and a half, and I'm just sitting there and I'm driving. I'm like, uh, you know, there's the button to clear like the trip the trip counter kind of thing, but there's nothing. I'm sure it's like stop the car, find this button, hold it down for two seconds, and you know restart the car or something like that. But I was. I, I couldn't be bothered. Plus, it was just for curiosity. I just look at what the speed limit is, and I look at the number on the dash and make sure yeah. that one's, you know, it's not bigger. That's all. Well, you know Greg Hugh, he just can't drive 55. <laughs> <laughs> I think 65, I believe, is the uh, freeway speed limit around here. 65. Yeah. No, there's a song from the 80s about driving 55. I know, miles I know. <laughs> 55. Yeah. It's all uh, about the 55. All right. Is it time to uh, hang up the phone? Yeah, I didn't need anything yet, so I might. Uh, and it's late for you, I think, right? That's true, yeah. Way out there on the East the Coast. Morning. No, I'm not on the East Coast. I'm south of Jaime. South of Jaime. East. <laughs> Eastern time zone. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. All righty, folks. So let's uh, let's call it a day. All right. Talk to you Has later. Has anyone heard from Mark, by the way? Mark's still around? No. He didn't fall in the Grand Canyon or anything? No. He's probably freaking out. He's probably on that that um, bridge and he's freaking out because of the glass floor. Mm, okay. <laughs> it's on a vision quest in, in Arizona. <laughs> vision quest. 
with his well, parents. I'll look, forward, yeah. I'll look forward to his trip report next week then, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Alrighty. Okay, bye. Thanks for being on the show, Greg. Bye. Yeah, bye, everyone. Bye. bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.